Blog Talk Radio. I knew I said I, I I know I said I'd be here Sunday, but as we know, life gets in the way, and a variety of things came up as far as my vacation plans. Or not a variety, but one thing came up, and so I had to push them back. So here I am, Monday night. Hopefully everybody's doing okay. Um, I know I am. I know I am. I know Bam Rodriguez is. That's for sure. Can't say so much about Rungfasai, not not ripping him, not ripping him, just saying. Uh, man, did he handle Rungfasai? How many rounds did you give Rungfasai in that fight? How many rounds could you actually give him? Not that many, man. It was an impressive all-around performance, and not just, you know, doing the things that he did against Quadros in his last fight, scoring a knockdown and whatnot. But he wins by stoppage, and that's something that I didn't really see happening. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, Rungmasai's style does fit into what Bam does. He, was, he wasn't like the aggressor when I say he was more aggressive. As far as landing his punches, you know, and I felt kind of early and often in the first opening rounds, first three, four rounds, I didn't think he'd be landing that clean, that slush. I thought he'd be kind of doing what he did really, really early and just stick and move, win some rounds, and then let him walk into something. And I thought Rung Vasai was obviously, style-wise, capable of running into something. But, man, Bam really showed out, no doubt about it. So we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about some of the other fights that took place um, on that <clears throat> um, on the card. MJ looked better than he had recently. Uh, there's also some Pro Box TV stuff that we'll talk about. A little follow-up correction on the uh, pricing, the price point monthly and yearly on that Pro Box TV. Somebody really cussed me out. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, seriously, I, I, I do want to clean that up. I, I think I got it confused um, with Triller as far as the pricing goes. But we'll talk about some of the fights that were, were on there you know, as far as preview and predictions this coming weekend, it's a light weekend, to say the least. Fourth um, of July coming up. Uh, pretty mediocre to just poor 
uh, weekend coming up. The weekend after that, interesting, some interesting stuff there in the weekend after that as well. But, yeah, it's going to be a light weekend. You never know, though. Like I said, sometimes on these light, light weekends, something pops up and somebody will post something on Twitter or send me, you know, tweet me something or, or, or message me something. Sometimes just text message me, hey, did you see this fight? So hopefully that will happen. So there's not going to be a big preview and prediction segment uh, for the weekend fights, but um, there is a variety of fight news out there. <clears throat> you know, whether it's some quotes <laughs> from the Canelo Triple G presser for the trilogy, not really fight news, but um, some funny stuff. Kind of interesting stuff. Did Mikey Garcia retire from the sport of boxing? Um, we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, last time we spoke, Jake Paul versus Tom Fury, or Tommy, yeah, Tommy Fury, Tom Fury just sounds weird. Tommy Fury was not a thing just yet. Um, you know, John Fury had said, you know, Tyson and myself can't make it to the States. So there's really no point. He doesn't have a team. Um, Jake Paul kind of came back with some thoughts on that. (laughs) Um, and there was a bet made with Tyson Fury and all that stuff, but then we're hearing something today it's not been 100 percent confirmed tommy fury being denied in the united states is that true we're gonna find out because what was it wednesday i think was the presser i think that was the scheduled presser if i i'm pretty sure um so we'll talk a little bit about that not not going too deep into that one obviously uh, speaking of fights uh, that some people care and some people don't care about, I mean, the biggest thing is at least Tommy Fury has some sort of boxing um, background. A lot of people asking the question, can Jake beat a boxer? And is Tommy Fury the guy that can stop what a lot of people say is just the, you know, the clown show in Jake Paul, the the, the king troll um I think it's an interesting fight that way, um, but I was going to segue into some fights that I think on the second time around, Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor, rumored to be in a rematch, you know, talks, eh, not really, I mean, I don't know about that. Speaking of Bam Rodriguez, though, we will kind of, I'll give my thoughts and John will give his thoughts on a potential fight with Estrada or Chocolatito. Now, that's a step up, um, you know. But then again, both those guys are not young. You know, Quatros and uh, Rungvasai, you know, fairly older as far as, you know, some of the wars they've been through. But it's not like Chocolatito and Estrada haven't been through their fair share of, you know, Wars. Obviously, Estrada and Chocolatito, two different style of fights for Bam Rodriguez. So we'll, we'll also kind of preview and, and give our thoughts about that. Like I said, there's a variety of stuff uh, going on uh, outside of the ring. Um, so, yeah, we, we definitely will talk about a variety of stuff. If this is your first time listening to the um, Rope It Up Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on Blog Talk radio.com forward slash rope it up radio. However, you don't have to download the show directly there at blog talk and rope it up or, or listen to the browser. You can find this platform on Apple podcast, iHeartRadio, radio player FM, tune in Spricker, Stitcher, 
uh, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, a variety of places while you're at it. Why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, i got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $64.99. That is new pricing rather than what it was prior before the deal that I talked to you about. And now the old price, the $69.99, will be for the choice. And the $89.99 will be for the ultimate uh, step up there. But with that, um, for the first three months, you get HBO Max, Showtime Stars, and Cinemax, and Epics. Um, so, and actually, I forgot that the Sunday uh, ticket will be included at that level as well. So, both the choice and the ultimate packages. Um, by the way, uh, Showtime is actually running a deal when it comes to DirecTV stream, uh, just so you know. Get that information for you real quick. I thought I had it written down. Boy, was I wrong. Yeah, so now, right now, it's 50% off. 550 for Showtime per month for three months uh, as it, you know, is involved with DirecTV Stream. So you're actually, I think it was $11 prior, so that's about half the price for three months. So that's something to think about as Showtime, you know, announces their new schedule and whatnot. Um, but anyway, you know, we're going to start like we normally do inside the ring. And, uh, man, Bam Rodriguez, this kid, you know, he already looked good, like I said, against Quattros, right, uh, obviously. But he really put it together against a different style. And it almost – it kind of gets him ready. I mentioned Estrada, and I mentioned uh, Roman Gonzalez, Triple Tito. Um, it kind of gets him ready for those two styles. Because if you look at Quadros and Estrada, we've seen them in the ring before, obviously. Um, but the style of being a counterpuncher, doing some stuff on the outside, that's where they're, they're more comfortable. Now, both those guys can exchange and can bring plenty of punching power and whatnot. But it's kind of like a preview to that fight for Estrada and Quadros. I'm not saying it's a perfect fit. I think Estrada's better, but still, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, he beat him. I didn't think he won the fight, but he did beat him, you know, until he, the rematch, he got, you know, knocked out, but still he's a damn good fighter. And then Rungvisai coming forward, wanting to go to the body, just bringing the power punch. And yes, he gets really wide with his punches, gets a little loose. It was a too loose, a little, a little too loose for Bam. That's for sure. Cause he walked him into numerous shots. But you can see Chocolatito brings the pressure, too. Sometimes he gets wide with the shot or defense won't be there. But he's more, you know, uh, like just redefined. You know, he's a better inside fighter, better come forward fighter, uh, looks to set up more shots, um, can counter over a jab to an extent, can just do stuff. He's a better come forward fighter, even though when those two met, in the first fight, a lot of people thought Triple Latito did enough to beat Rung Beside, but then Rung Beside did knock him out. Um, but as far as just that style, come forward with power, setting up shots, better inside fighter, not as reckless, that would be Roman Gonzalez compared to Rung Beside. So, as, like I said, these two fights are a great preview for Bam Rodriguez, and he handled both of them. 
And I mean, coming right out, you know, I'd say, say coming right out of the gate, of course it was a feel out start in that round, but down the stretch, bam, landed meaningful shots. And that's what I was kind of talking about. Like, man, he really got it going the straight left. And I think a nice late right hook were like meaningful shots. Um, The second and third, the jab left hand or just the lead left. Uh, He was doing this thing where we see him land a punch and pivot or just use angles and keep punching, though, staying within punching range. I thought that was uh, really impressive. And, you know, with that pivot, he would land these right hooks that would land really hard. And actually, you know, I think it was the third round backed up rung beside, which you don't see a whole lot of. Um, And I'd say, let's see my notes, 60 seconds in. He definitely stood up Rung Vasai in the fifth round. Rung Vasai, you know, landed some good body shots, and there was a late exchange. There was little moments that he had. I mean, to be fair, um, Bam Rodriguez did say Rung Vasai is heavy-handed. You know, he definitely has some hands to him. He just could not land enough. Um, And then you started to see Bam, along with the movement, along with, the, like I said, the, the constant jab and left hands or just the lead left hands with that right hook on the move, the flush shots and the upper body movement in the pocket. That was not a whole lot of pivoting in some of these rounds. And using, well, he was still using angles, but, I mean, this guy ducked down on some shots, boom, right hook, uppercut. Like, his upper body movement, is a difference maker as well. It's not just his footwork. His footwork is dazzling and all that. Don't get me wrong, but I really liked what he did defensively with his upper body movement, man. And then in the seventh round, think about eh, 40, 50 seconds into the round, left hook dropped him. Uh, Just, you know, more flurries a shot after that. And then, you know, Combo after combo, landing flush, TKO. Could they have kept it going further? Yeah, of course, yeah, I, I do think that. But I, I, I'm not sitting there saying, like, oh, my God, you know, like, that was some sort of horrible stoppage. I mean, Rung Vasai was done. I'm not going to say, oh, his legs were done or anything like that. But, um, man, I mean, he looked damn good. He looked damn good. Um, I've already kind of given some of my thoughts as far as the matchup, so we'll wait a little bit on that. Um, as far as the, you know, my thoughts, the kind of previewing Estrada and Chocolatito fight, I did kind of preview some of it. I'll kind of save it for when John's here as well, or just kind of save it a little bit after I go through these fights. But what is next? You know, Estrada might be, you know, taking on Joshua Franco. If not, it's probably Gonzalez. So, um, you know, if they were to fight, well, that fight was scheduled, what did I say last week, August? Was it August 20th? I don't know. I don't remember. August 13th. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, could just take a solid fight and then take on one of those guys. What, he fought in February. Now he fought in late June. You know, he probably wouldn't be ready for at least a few months anyway. So, um you know, if they fought in August, maybe he could close out the year like that. Um, kind of matters how those fights go, too. I mean, 
especially with Estrada and Chocolatito, those type of fighters that are up there in age, sometimes you just fall off the cliff and you don't look the same. We thought Chocolatito a couple, a chunk of years ago now. Is that four years ago? 2017 or 18? I think it was 18. Um, no, it was 17. Was it? God, I can't remember now. I think it was 17 when, uh, you know, he got stopped. And it felt like, yeah, dude, you're done. And now he's made such a nice comeback. Some pe- a lot of people thought he won the Estrada fight. Um, I didn't think it, you know, I thought it was a very competitive fight. I could see both sides of it, but I don't think it was some sort of robbery like a lot. And I know I'm in the minority in that, but I just, and I also know I'm a little biased. Just like people are biased to Chocolatito, I'm, I'm biased towards Estrada a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see where he goes next. Um, there's plenty of fights. I mean, he even said 112 or 115. Um, you know, in your mind, you're kind of like, eh, let's just stay at 115. You know what I mean? Um, you know, just as a boxing fan, not disrespecting anyone at 112 because, hey, there are some really, you know, interesting fighters. Sonny Edwards, uh, Nakatani would be a good fight. Um, we still don't know the Martinez, you know, Areola, Areola fight, or not Areola, but Arroya fight, because that got canceled again. And I did think that would be the fight of the week. I, I you know, I, I, I definitely called that, but unfortunately, it did not. Uh, it did not happen. It did not happen. So, you know, what are you going to do? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of uh, plenty of guys with titles. Um, so yeah, I, I think, um, I think he's got plenty of potential up there, you know? I mean, there's just, just no way around it, you know? So, um, we'll see. We'll see where he lands. Like I said, the Sonny Edwards fight makes a lot of sense to me. Um, but I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go. I'm I'm a little kind of wondering where he's going to go. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people just say let's 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 go up, go you know, let's not go to 108 or 112 or anything like that. Let's stay up here, and um, you know, it is what it is. I really don't know what he's going to do next. To be honest with you, um, it is kind of uh, interesting that he's got so many options. Like you said, he's such a young guy, 22 years old. Um, but yeah, he could definitely make. A variety of these weights so you know why not why not fight at 115 you know your last two have been um and you know it was yeah it was the vacant wbc uh superfly 115 last fight and so now it's you know the full one um so yeah i mean i i think it's it's kind of up in the air what he's gonna do um, I don't know. I'm I'm just happy to you know I'm just happy that he's just looking this great and and the guy's so young that he's got like I said so many fights in front of him. So yeah, man, I, I'm 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 excited to see where he goes. And I'm not going to sit here and all of a sudden get picky with this kid. You know, like a lot of people are just lining up six fights for him in a row. You know, and it's like, well, let's see, man. Let's see what happens. Um, 
and, it, and like I said, a lot of it depends on, you know, Estrada, what Estrada and Chocolatito do next. So if, if, if um, Roman Gonzalez doesn't have a fight and Estrada doesn't indeed fight Joshua Franco, then why not? You know, why not? Um, looking at that undercard, MJ against Ronnie Rios. Um, you know, it took a while for Ronnie to get into the fight. Um, it's not like you could really give him that many rounds. He was doing a lot of posturing. Um, it was basically for a while the jab and left hand um, by MJ. Uh, he started to kind of, you know, throw in the right hand, landed pretty nicely at times, kind of a looping right hand. Um, and, you know, he, he would go to the body. A lot of times that right hand would go to the body. Right around the fifth round, I could say that that one, the fifth and sixth, was one of those, you know, maybe Rios won that one because it was a competitive round, and I thought he did enough probably early to mid in that fifth round to win it. Uh, sixth round was close, still gave it to MJ, but um, along with what he was doing with the punches I mentioned and just the stick and move, he did land, start to land some better uh, uppercuts too. Um, some short shots, like right hooks, you know, real close. Um, like in the eighth round, Rios later in that round of landing some power shots. You could tell his corner was really on him saying, hey, man, we practiced this. you got to go out there and do it. But as we know, you know, it's, it's, it's easier said than done. Um, you know, the 10th round, that was another close round. I would say that. Um, but otherwise, MJ mostly dominated it, you know. Mostly dominated it, and then um, what was it? A, a right hook. A na- well, it was a nasty body shot. I remember seeing that. Then it was like four or five lands that knocked him down because Rios kind of got that, got hit with the was it the was it a right hand of the body? Got hit and he kind of bent over, like bent head over, you know, kind of of trying to evade the next punch, you know, trying to not take further punishment. And he kept, he kind of backed out of there, kind of turned in his back, uh, just trying to get out of the way, uh, out of harm's way. And you could kind of tell at that point, when a fighter does that, and you're basically not even giving a target, not that you want to give a bunch of targets to your opponent. I've said this before, and I've gotten some pushback. But when you're bent over like that, where does the fighter have to punch, you know, in the back, in, in the back of your head on the, you know, that's about it. I guess you could say like in, in his back, you know, cause you're bent all the way over and then he kind of, uh, kind of spun out and then they was, he was, and then just a couple of punches after he got back up with about a minute left, 50, 40 seconds left. I think it's 50 seconds left. TKO, um, once again, Rios didn't really go nuts or nothing like that. Could he have made it, you know, to, you know, passed into the 12th and finished it or, you know, in the 12th all the way? Yeah, he could have, but um, I don't know. It's like I mentioned the 5th and 6th, the 10th, the round, you know, they, he did good in those rounds, but he, he was just getting beat to the punch. He was just getting beat up. 
And once you show that type of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like turning your back. You know, you cannot turn your back, even though sometimes refs won't call it. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they don't call low blows or borderline shots or holding or whatever, you know, every once in a while. But to me, it was just, that was your way of saying I'm done, you know. Um, And I'm not ripping on Ronnie Rios whatsoever. A lot of people, uh, and he didn't quit. Technically, he didn't quit. I'm not saying that, but he had had enough. And like I said, when you do a move like that, when you when you bend over so much, and obviously a lot of the bend over, you know, head head first, basically, it was from that body shot. So he was slumped over that way, and he was like, I'm good, dude. Like, I'm done. I don't want to take any more of this, which I don't blame him because he was getting, um, you know, he's getting handled it. So MJ, by the way, you know, looked good. I, I've been talking about Ronnie here down the stretch, but he looked good. He looked pretty damn good. He looked a lot more like the fighter we saw come out and, and beat Roman and, and come out and beat, you know, a couple other fighters. Um, and I think stylistically it's an interesting matchup with Fulton. And I hope that fight can be made. Um, I really hope so. Stephen Fulton um, has been, I guess of late, he's been more of the the main event attraction, but neither of them are like the attraction to sell tickets. So the A and B side, I guess you could lean Stephen Fulton a little bit more just because he has drawn some attention of late. Excuse me, I had to get some water. And, you know, like I said, he has been in more main events lately, more meaningful fights lately. It's not like this was a meaningful fight from Ronnie Rios, you know. I mean, let's be honest. Roman is, and we saw both of those fight, you know, Roman, both those guys. One guy completely handled them. So, um, I hope they can make that fight next. That would be great. I don't know how many... I remember I asked this before. I really don't know how many fights uh, MJ has on his uh, DAZN or well, his matchroom contract. That I don't know. That I don't know. So um, we'll see. We'll see where that goes. And I only bring that up because, you know, one guy fights on DAZN, the other guy fights on Showtime. One guy's PBC, one guy's matchroom. Um, but it would be nice. I mean, I don't know exactly what MJ's been making, so I don't know how big of an offer it would take or if, you know, uh, Matchroom will open up, you know, the checkbook and and say, hey, we're willing to pay, you know, Fulton this amount of money. I mean, that's the thing about Eddie Hearn, whether it, you know, I'd say at times, a lot of times it ruins the, uh, or at least, uh, it kind of tampers, well, tampering's not the right word, but it, the, the open negotiations where you're talking money to the to the to an extent where it's like, well, hold on now, and you're clearly just trying to, especially when they're on like in when they're in negotiations. I think it is time to kind of just zip up, you know what I mean? Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's not like they've started negotiating, you know what I mean? Um, so 
I don't know. I really hope they can make that fight. You know, on one hand, it's kind of being greedy to ask for another undisputed because we've had so many in this last few years and just in the last, whatever, 18 months. But it's a fight that should be made because, like I said, there's not a clear A-side. It's not in a money division. A lot of times, whether it's cruiserweight or these type of weights, the lower weights, you can get fights done more often. So that would be ideal to make that fight happen. I really hope it can get made. I think it's a great style matchup, a lot of skill involved. It's definitely one of those things I call a skill fest, right? I just think it's a lot. It's fun. It's a fun fight, no doubt about it. Okay, so as far as – oh, by the way, just to clear up the the Pro Box TV thing, I got it messed up with Triller. Someone, you know, in my messages got all mad at me saying I'm purposely against pro I don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um I don't I don't know why you'd say I was against them. I wasn't trying to I got the I got the shit wrong. I'll just admit it. Triller is what was it, three ninety nine or two ninety nine a month and then you could pay thirty thirty or forty bucks a year. But the that fight club for Triller, that's what I got messed up in my head. I didn't purposely go out there and sabotage them. Like my, like it would be, people would be like, oh, it's three bucks rather than two. Ah, screw that. Anyway, just to clear it up though, and I'm reading right off the subscription options there. Um, two live events per month plus a talk show, podcast, kind of documentary series. Okay, that's one ninety nine. So two bucks a month. And $18 a year, which is a damn good price. Now, you can watch that talk show and the podcast and all that for free. But just so you know, it's $2 and $18 a year. Um, and, you know, I mean, I'm not – like the next one is uh, Francis and Beltran. You know, they're, they are going to have at least one of the shows will be Prospect – um, even if there's titles, you know, on the line, sometimes that could be seen as like a, some quality mid-level type fights. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not ripping that. I think that's actually, with all these network deals, that's kind of the best thing. Uh, but, yeah, they have this contender series, like, like I mentioned before, uh, where they have that, that last chance tournament as well. They have the future star stuff. Um, so, yeah, the next uh, Francis Beltrain is July 9th, and then that last chance tournament is August 5th. So, um, and those are like mid-level fights. Like I said, sometimes if they're equally matched or close to it, it's pretty fun. So there's that clarification. Thank you for the, um, you know, the constructive criticism part of it, although I don't really think there was from the message. But, yes, I'd like to get things right, and so I was a dollar off per month, and I was, what, $12 off. So, yeah. Um, so there you go. I gave you the uh, Pro Boxing TV, and I also gave you the Triller price now that we got that tied up. Okay, so Gonzalez and uh, what is it, Baraga? 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 Um, Bariga? Because the R's are, are silent. <laughs> um, either way, um, this is a slow-ass fight. 
This was a really, really slow fight. It took a while to get something going. Gonzalez didn't start fighting until like the fourth round. Um, he finally was landing something. Uh, jabs mostly, a lot of movement. Um, the fifth and sixth, you know, Gonzalez, like I said, started to become a little bit more aggressive, but the fight sucked. You know, both guys, like, in the first few rounds were jabbing here and there. Um, Baraga, you know, Baraga, uh, a few left hands here and there, you know what I mean? But like I said, the first part of this fight, and just ongoingly, it, it was a slow-ass fight. You know, there's just no way around it. But he did kind of close the gap, you know, in the fight. Because I had him down, like, 3-1, to one, maybe 4-2, something like that. Um, but then, like I said, Gonzalez pretty much won, I'd say, the rest of the fight past the seventh round. Um, he'd land some decent shots here and there. Both of them landed some okay shots. Uh, at times, like in the eighth round, or maybe that was the ninth round, there was some inside work from both of them. Uh, Gonzalez, I don't know. It's like he was kind of overly patiently aggressive, if that makes sense, you know, landing one shot. They were both kind of loading up with their shots too much, but then other spots can also be on the move. Um, so, but Gonzalez, I did have Gonzalez winning. I thought he did down the stretch. Two cards had it 117-111, one had it 115-113. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a, a really, really slow fight, if we're being fair. Um so, you know, it is what it is. But credit to Gonzalez, though, to start a fight like that and then get back in it. You know what I mean? That's not how – sometimes we see guys just uh, get figured out and, and just have a horrible start to the fight, and they just never quite look themselves at all. But as far as the fight goes, you know, it started slow. Then it became really a whole lot of tie-ups, like extended clinches. And it was like, wow, dude, this is, you know. So that fight sucked. I mean, if we're being honest, that that fight sucked. Um, but the Axel Vega-Angelino Cordova fight, now that was a lot more competitive. And I did think, like many others, as far as from what I saw, it was pretty controversial as far as the decision. Not like it was a runaway win for Vega or something like that. But um, I definitely gave him the first two rounds. I thought some of the body work he was putting in with that pressure was the difference. Uh, he would land some of these wild hooks to the head as well. Um, the second round was close. Third round, um, you know, you could just see, like, Cordova was having issues with keeping Vega off him. You know, that was the biggest part. Um, and he, I think by the fourth round or so, he had a, a, a cut on his left eye. It never was a major issue uh, throughout the fight. And he started landing some good counters. I actually thought in the fourth round he probably stole that round. Um, Cordova, because, or the third round, some of the stuff he did down the stretch, he was, he, he was actually going to the body with both hands as well. Um, I gave him the fifth. I thought he landed the better shots. Uh, he was a, moving a lot more, but he was landing better. Um, and then Vega, 
for me, won the sixth and seventh because um, he was landing the better shots. Um, the seventh round was kind of interesting because early I had it for Vega. Midway, there was some really good back and forth, and then left hooks uh, to the head and body kind of solidified the seventh for me. I gave him the eighth as well. I, I just, once again, better punches. I thought he was landing the harder punches, the cleaner punches. Um, Cordova, though, did, for me, win the ninth and the tenth round. Um, I thought the ninth was the best, had the best round as far as connecting on real clean shots. Uh, and actually backed up Vega, which he hadn't done, I don't think, for the whole fight. And then kind of, he'd land these nice left hooks and then clinch. Um but I thought in that 10th round, he was just busier late, and that's why he did it. Um, that's why he won that round. But I had it for Vega, 6-4. I mean, the max I could go was probably 5-5, five, 5-4-1 five, five, or something like that. But I had it about 6-4, maybe a draw. But the two scorecards, first of all, 98-92 is just silly. Silly for either guy. I mean, maybe you like the guy that's going to pressure some of it was effective. I thought it was effective enough from Vega as to come for a fighter to win. But I didn't think it was like 8-2 to two effective. Um, so 97-93 and 98-92, I, I strongly disagree with those scorecards. The other one read 97-93 um, the other way for Vega. So I thought Cordova didn't deserve that victory. Um, the, like I said, 5-5, five, five, okay. You know, because, like I said, I'm looking back at it. My scorecard, the fourth round was close. There was a, you know, I shouldn't say a couple. There was probably two close rounds that you had to go, hmm. I literally, you know, the fourth round I thought really stood out that way. But, um, yeah, I had uh, Axel Vega winning that fight or at minimum a draw. I, I mean, the the eight to two is just silly. Like I said, it's silly for both, though. I'm not uh just siding with that, but it, it, to me, it's silly, silly for both. I mean, really, really was silly to me. Um, one more thing. Uh, I do see John on there. I'm going to get him in just a second. Actually, well, let's just go right to him. Let's see what's going on with him and see what he thought about some of the action over the weekend. Obviously, Bam Rodriguez, uh, you know, stole the show. The L, the Elwin Soto and uh, uh, Butler fight on ESPN Plus as well. Butler uh, pulled up the pretty big upset, actually, on that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. All right, let's go ahead and bring in John into the fold. What's going on, John? How you doing? Hey, Chris. Uh, great to great to be here, as always. Yeah, no doubt about it. And let's start where we should, at the top of the weekend Bam Rodriguez takes care of Rungvisai, and it was tough to give many rounds to Rungvisai. I mean, it was funny because Bam showed us a lot against Quatros, but as we know, Quatros coming forward, he's more of a crafty, at-range or on-the-move type guy. He can brawl and get into exchanges and all that, but um, that's where he's more comfortable. Um, Rungvisai, you know, we know what he brings. He's going to bring power. He's going to be wide with the shots, but when they land, they land pretty hard. And even Bam, who dominated him, said he had heavy hands. Um, but he he put a show on, and, you know, there was like maybe 
90 seconds of feeling out, and then by the end of that, the straight left hands, the jab, those right hooks while he's pivoting, um, the defense, I mentioned this earlier in the show, the defense on the, the inside and at range, the upper body movement in the footwork to get on the other side of him and land a good punch or to pivot and land that right hook, kind of exiting the pocket, but then not really exiting the pocket because he's not at the back of the pocket. He's ready to punch right in front of him. This, uh, this guy he really seems like he's got a whole lot to his game at such a young age, Bam Rodriguez. Oh, definitely, uh, Chris. Huge, huge statement performance. I thought you know, he completely dominated the fight. The fight closed, and he got the stoppage, and he wasn't afraid to, to go for the stoppage when he saw he had Sora Rungvisai you know, dominated, not in the fight. He wasn't afraid to t- turn it up and get him out of there, and I love that. But I think a lot of what we're seeing here, and, and I definitely want to expand it because I think it's an interesting topic, and I will go I – don't, I don't, yeah, it's like, I guess it's a little bit out on a limb, uh, uh, you know, about possible future matchups if they're going to happen. But first, the, the fight Saturday night. You know, it's, it's a 22-year-old guy who's very talented, you know, fighting at 115 pounds, and you know he had fought as low as 108. Um, guy with a, you know, who's, who's also got an excellent amateur pedigree, excellent you know, trainer in Robert Garcia, you know, brother Joshua Franco is also a boxer, uh, you know, top pro. But saying that when, when you have a, you know, sore rung beside 35 years old. You know, even though these guys are real popular, a lot, a lot of good fights. I mean, Chocolatito, you know, Sor Rungvisai, even Estrada, not quite as much as those two. But, but those guys are at advanced ages for those weights. And not saying they're not fighting well, but, you know, they've had a lot of fights with each other. Sure, there's been some other guys. Uh, but, you know, when you have a guy like Jesse Rodriguez all of a sudden getting into the mix, you know, 22 years old in that weight class, you know, a weight class where you got, you got to be fast, you know, you, you got to have the reflexes. I mean, that, that's always, you know, just like as you get with heavyweights generally, of course, it, you know, it's going to help you if you're fast, but proportionately the, the power punching is going up. You know, most heavyweights, you got to have some power. You, you got, you got to be fast in these lower weight classes. And, you know, I did tweet it out in the second round. I mean, which did end up being prophetic the way that one played out. I mean, saw Rungvi's eye looked like he was fighting underwater. He looked like he was in slow motion, you know, within two rounds. And you're right, you know, Bam did say after the fight, yeah, I was kind of feeling those punches, but I, I thought he might have been showing some respect because the, fir- the first thing he did say regarding the punching power was after the, after the first two rounds, uh, I, I really already wasn't feeling anything from the guy, so I decided I was just going to turn it up. And, you know, eventually right. get him out of it. So, you know, and I'm not saying Sor Rungvi's eye can't hit. He definitely can hit uh, in the sport, even only being a 115-pounder. It is more rare than, you know, he, he's up there in the sport with KO percentage and actually raw number of knockouts. And, you know, you saw what he did to Chocolatito in the second fight, knocking him cold. And in the first fight, he did drop him. Uh, I, I do think his power is for real. I'm not saying that, but... But, you know, in the, in this fight, I mean, let's face it, he, he didn't 
have Rodriguez in any kind of trouble at any time. Uh, Rodriguez handled him easily. I think a lot of it's, you know, the youth and the speed, which to me is even more pronounced at those weight classes, you know, 115 pounds. So I'm with everybody else. Great performance. You know, like you said, Quadros, he did it. Took a little chance, short notice. You thought he could handle him. He did handle him easily, but then he made this look even easier against a better opponent. I mean, I, I do value, even at this point, I do value Sore Lung beside more. And let's face it, you know, even if it's a few years ago, he's not that removed. He's not that far removed from the two wins, one by KO over Chocolatito, got a win over Estrada, lost in the rematch. You know, both of those fights were, were, were pretty tight. Um, I thought the scoring actually in both of those was probably right in, in the two fights. But now, you know, you talk about the future. I, I think that, you know, Eddie Hearn, he's doing a good job in this sense. I mean, it's on the zone. I don't think that many people see it. I mean, that's just a fact, you know, in the U.S. It's, it's not hating. It's just a fact. But with that understood, I think Hearn's doing a good job at the lower weight classes, which in general aren't as popular. But saw a guy with Rodriguez with some talent, signed him. And then what I like that Hearn's done is he also has access, you know, to – you know, fights with Quadras, Saul Rungvisai here. You know, he's already worked with Estrada and Chocolatito, Ray Martinez. He, he's not being afraid to deliver these fights to a guy with Rodriguez's talent. And I think that's something you almost did see more, you know, a little bit more in, in some past eras, which I like seeing. I mean, you know, you got a guy with talent, step him up, he can do it. I say it all the time, but I think it does matter. Even with these guys who are good fighters, You've got, to me, too many weight classes. There's too many belts. So why I say that is it's already been shown. I mean, he, as good as Rodriguez is, and I'm with everybody else who thinks he's that good, but these weren't too big. I mean, it was just proven in the ring. You know, these obviously weren't steps too far for him. From him, for him. I mean, he, ha- he handled these two tests easily. Let's face it. Not, not only did he pass them, he handled them easily. Uh you know, he, he he just KO'd the guy that, that beat, you know, Chocolatito twice and stopped him in the second fight. You know, in fairness to Chocolatito, I thought he could have gotten a decision in that first fight with Sor Rungvisai, but he got blown away and was getting beat to the punch in the second fight. Go ahead and watch that. And to me, that's big trouble. I mean, I don't – I think Eddie Hearn seems like he's being pretty smart with Bam Rodriguez marketing-wise and, and moving him quickly. So – I don't. I don't think those are necessarily fights Hearn doesn't want. In other words, uh, I, I I was laughing yesterday on Twitter. You know, some some of the, some haters on Rodriguez, which there aren't many, but there are. You know, with everybody, there's always a couple. We're, we're saying he's afraid of Chocolatito at this point, and I thought you got you got to you got to be kidding me. I mean, uh, you know, and I don't think Hearn's afraid of it either. So. You did see some post-fight comments where, you know, look to me the way I interpret them, and I think it's the reasonable interpretation. You know, he was there with Robert Garcia, and, you know, his brother's supposed to be getting this 115-pound fight with Estrada. It seems to me like he doesn't kind of want to step on his brother's toes there. Uh, you know, even though they're both at 115 right now, he, he kind of wants to let his brother maybe maybe get his chance to shine a bit. Um but I don't think there's any 
and, and I think that might even be why Robert Garcia is talking about him moving down to 112 flyweight. And I'm not saying they won't do it, but I mean, I, I don't think that has anything to do at all with any kind of fear about taking on Chuck Latito and Estrada now. And the part where I'm getting to is where I'm going to maybe go on a little bit of a limb because sometimes I like to wait to fight time. But I, I, don't, I feel comfortable saying this one with the age difference. I, I, even if Chuck Latito is a, a fan favorite, he's had a great career. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, I've, I've said before, you know, I, I like his career better than somebody like Ricardo Lopez's career. So I have respect for him and I've enjoyed watching him fight. But time doesn't wait for anyone, especially at these lower weight classes, even if these guys have been effective, uh, even if pulled a little bit of an aberration recently. But those are the exceptions. You can't start going on those as the rule. And, and I, I think Bam Rodriguez would take Chuck Latito apart right now. I think there's too much discrepancy with the age and the speed. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned correctly, Chris, with the skill Rodriguez is showing in his game, too, where, you know, he steps around, get, gets in good position. That, that's to go with the hand speed and the, the definitely good pop for the weight class. Uh, obviously, fought a big puncher, didn't get hurt at all. Uh, you know, I, I think Chuck Latino would be in big trouble. I, I, I don't think I don't think it'd be particularly competitive. I will go that far. Ye- yell if you yell anybody who wants to, but. I feel pretty confident of that one, and I'm pretty confident that Vegas, their money's always on the line. they got to be smart. I think Rodriguez be a favorite in that one. If he's not, that's another one I'll say. Go, 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 break, your, go break your money reserves out and put some money on Rodriguez on that one because at, at 35 years old, I just don't see Chocolatito hanging with a young guy as good as Rodriguez. I think that that's, that's a bridge too far for him. You know, yeah, he just had the Martinez fight, good performance, but – Martinez was out of shape, weak notice. I'm not saying Chocolatito wouldn't have beat him anyway. He did fight well, but Rodriguez is a different animal with that speed, power, amateur pedigree. He's got Garcia. Uh, he's already passed two tests with flying colors. Um, you know, one, one guy has beaten, you know, Gonzalez twice already. I, I think that that's a, I think it's a massacre. I, I think Estrada would be a little tougher for him, but I'd, I'd take him over Estrada too. So now the question is, I think maybe because of his brother that is serious, do, you know, do they then want to fight at flyweight and then, you know, fight guys like Nakatani down there? I mean, uh, you know, Sonny Edwards. I, I think he takes those guys too. Um, you know, at the lower fights, these fights are a little easier to make with the money. You know, you and I have talked about that, Chris. I think – that really is a point in a positive way people have to take into account. It's not like the upper weights. You, these fights can be made a little bit more easily with, with money, the money considerations being lower. But, but people have to realize, no matter how much you may like some of these guys, hardcore fans, that, that's just because the popularity isn't there. So I think Hearn can make Rodriguez a hardcore boxing fan star. He's probably on his way to doing that, but just you know, fighting at the lower weights on the zone only, or maybe if they do a, put them on a pay per view or something, since the zone's doing that, that's not going to lead to any kind of widespread stardom. So, if you want to try to do something with them, then that's where Hearn's going to. More than that, that's where Hearn's going to be limited. We're, we're maybe not looking at that part, but in terms of the near future, getting them the fights you want to see quickly, I think it can be done and. Looks to me, there's every indication that Hearn's willing to do it, and Rodriguez and the Garcia team behind them haven't been afraid to take the chances. So it's it's going to be a 
good ride for uh, Fox and fans, I think, with him, really, even the remainder of this year and then and then going forward. But I think if some of these fan favorite like Chuck Petito is going to step in with Rodriguez, it's it's going to be it's going to be a bridge too far for Chuck Latito to me, not the, not the other way around. Yeah. And I, you know, I was saying earlier, I don't, I don't think you're on just yet, but it's almost like he got a preview of the two type of fighters too. You know, obviously Chocolatito is a little bit more refined as a come forward fighter, you know, than uh, Rung Vasai. Um, right. He does a little bit more crappier come- stuff. No doubt, but he's going to okay. speak. But that's the thing, Chris. I, I'm sorry to jump in, but I think you made an excellent that's point. Right. But that's, I just want to jump in on your point because I agree with that, but I still think that's where he's in trouble because he's 35 years old. It doesn't look to me like he's got the same pop. And even though he is much more sophisticated than Sora Rungvi side, no doubt about it, he, but he's, he's all come forward. You know, there's no reverse gear with Chocolatito. You know, he's not going to see something from Rodriguez that's tough for him and he's He's not going to start, you know, backing off and circling or something like that. It's not happening. So, you know, at 35 years old, he's got to try to come forward like a force. He doesn't – he has nuance, but he doesn't fight any other way. And I think that's why it's going to be trouble because he, he doesn't even have the pop that Sorung Visai has. And, you know, I don't think he's going to be hurting Rodriguez. And he's going to be getting hit back and, and, and countered. And, and we know who the faster guy is. And I, I think at this stage, I think – Rodriguez has more pop. He's got more sharpness in his punches. That's one thing I think you've seen from Chocolatito a little bit over the last few fights is as effectively as he's still fighting, and it's been a great renaissance for him, is those punches seem, seem a little pushed. They don't, they don't seem to really have the snap and the pop. So, you know, go ahead. But that's where I think he is more nuanced than Sora Rungvi's side, but, I, but he doesn't have the power, and I think that that's where he, he's going he's to be in trouble. Yeah, well, and I think that a lot of stuff that you said about Bam's game and the youth and all that is an advantage. But like I said, to be able to get a preview of what could come helps you too. Because like I said, you know, the rung beside compared to Chocolatito, yeah, Chocolatito as a come for a fighter is more redefined. But at least you fought a guy that's at a top level, even at the age, you know, still at a top level. And then at the same time, Quadros and Estrada – you know, we've seen them in the ring. We've seen all these guys in the ring. Um, but Quadros is the more craftier guy that could do more. Uh, maybe he can't come forward like those guys, whereas Estrada is even more complete than Quadros, but it does give him a preview of both style of fighters. And it's not just watching film or watching all these fights and saying, all right, this is what you got to do. The fact that you got a preview against quality opposition too, not just a sparring partner that kind of mimics him or whatever, that type of thing. I think that even gives him more advantage right there. I think the Estrada fight, like you said, would be tougher um, just because of the different style he brings. But um, it is hard not to favor, uh, you know, Pam versus both of them. No doubt about that. That's for sure. Um, yeah. What did you think of the co-feature? Unfortunately, what could have been the best two-way fight on the card canceled once again, unfortunately. Um, Martinez coming down with an illness. Um, what did you think about the, the co-feature? MJ looked like he looked more like himself. The last few fights, 
you basically ever since that Roman fight and the pandemic hit him harder than others. It affected everyone, of course. Um, some prospects who weren't that far in their career were able to stay more active than other fights, of course, because you could fight a lot more when you're a prospect, especially if it's under 10 fights. And you're not, you know, it's a regular prospect, not one of those guys that has 400 fights or whatever. But, um, you know, he, he, he hasn't looked great. He had a long gap of time off around the COVID, came back, looked just decent. Um, but in this one, I thought it was more of what MJ brings to the ring. Now, given Ronnie Rios, a tough guy and whatnot, but not near the, the top level type guy at this weight class, but solid. He actually had some solid wins of late, and, you know, he spots some really solid fighters in general. But what did you think of MJ's uh, performance and then the matchup, the potential matchup we're talking? Um, of course, we know one's on Showtime, one's on The Zone. Uh, MJ against, uh, you know, Fulton is obviously the undisputed, both of them have two belts. Uh, you wonder if that can get made. I, you know, I don't know where he's at in his contract. You know, we just got news that Bam Rodriguez, I think it was on that MMA Hour show uh, with Eddie Hearn, but we just got news that uh, Bam did re-up, did actually sign, uh, I think, a longer contract now with Matchroom, which obviously that's something you want to get done. Um, You know, that makes a lot of sense for his side of it, of course. But um, what are your thoughts? Actually, yeah, here, um, I said. This came from Jake Donovan, actually, uh, that they extended a promotional uh, contract with Matchroom. Uh, so that that's kind of interesting there. But what would you think of MJ? And then, you know, what are your thoughts on the potential matchup for Undisputed at 122? Yeah, well, uh, I, I, just before I get into the MJ, I did, yeah, I did see that even from Bam and Matchroom. So that, that's definitely official. And with those potential fights, it fits well. Um, I think Hearn's being smart with them, it's just how much can they do with them on the zone, but at that weight, especially, but, you know, he, he's got, you know, within boxing, hardcore fans definitely can be a star and, and the guy's good enough. Uh, you know, you'd like to maybe see the can expand, but maybe first things first, if he, if he cleans house on the zone, it seems like Hearn's willing to give it to him and that might work well for all sides. You know, with the MJ fight, I thought Akhmedaliev, yeah, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, you know, he, he does have, he has amateur pedigree. He's got some boxing skill and he does have some pop. Uh, like you said, you know, you got to take it, I think within context of what Ronnie Rios is, you know, de- decent fighter actually does have some American amateur pedigree, but he's a guy who he's a little bit too limited in the sense that, you know, he's a guy who, who's an okay boxer, but not a great boxer, but then he doesn't have pop. So, you know, he did take out Diego De La Hoya, but he's, he's still just not that generally a, a puncher. He's not a pop guy. You, you could see that. They're, they're really, you were watching that fight, um, and, and you were looking at it, and you're like, there, there's really not a recipe for Rios to win this fight. And I like how, I, I did see, I liked what I saw from Bam Rodriguez and Akhmedaliev is both guys were not, you know, maybe Akhmedaliev could have done it a little earlier. They said his hand was bothering, but even though it was in the last round, he, he didn't let it go. He was willing to work, get the stoppage, use his power. That that part was impressive, even though it was in the twelfth round. You know, uh, Rodriguez did it earlier. Both of them dominated their fights. 
um, more so than, not that there's any necessarily reason to compare them, but Aqua Dolly, I thought it was a good performance. Again, just, just because it was Rios, I thought maybe some people got a hair carried away, you know, not knocking Rios, but it, but it was, it was a good performance, but I don't think it was anything to jump up and down, you know, jump up and down about and get, get super excited about. I think he's got good pop. Um, you know, the Fulton fight is interesting. They're really the top two guys at 122 pounds. So it'll, it'll be for the real title, even, even outside of the alphabet belts, I think at this point, um, which is a good thing that that's been happening more in boxing and that's good. Even though, again, like I do like this, I just think it's worth saying I'll be watching the fight. I like it. Too many weight classes. Um, you know, Fulton's talking a little bit fighting that featherweight. And why not? Again, it's only four pounds away. You know, if there's going to be Figueroa's moving up, apparently, and if there's PBC fights available for him there, I mean, I don't blame him for that. I mean, that, again, there's just too many weight classes. If, if he didn't have a 122, you know, then they'd both be at featherweight and and there, it, you, have, you have to think a lot harder than, you know, like say if there's no 130, then do you want to go to 135? That's that's what helps with these fewer weight classes. People have to think about these moves more, and they, they'd have to fight each other. But but that's the thing, because like you said, there's, I mean, can this get made, the zone and PBC? You know, I got to see what we have seen out of those entities in recent years, even though you can, you can find the one exception. I mean, they let Ruiz go over there to fight Joshua, but it – it hasn't it hasn't happened much. Uh, I, I kind of don't see it. So I want to see the fight like everybody else. But we get to talking with fights like that, and it's like somebody tell me how it's gonna. You know, somebody tell me how it's gonna happen. I mean, I you know I don't know how it's gonna happen. I I do think that's a tight fight if they fight because they both have all around skills. And I, I've, I've liked Fulton a lot for a long time, but the, the one thing with Fulton that can always, I think, is going to be a problem at some point, I've said it before, is he's not that good of a puncher. And I think Akhmedaliev has more pop. Now, I'm not saying that necessarily means that I'm picking him if somehow that fight was made, but I do think that's one advantage in that fight Akhmedaliev could have because they both got some hand speed. They both have, have boxing skills. Both can do some different things in there. Fulton, very versatile, probably a little more versatile even than Akhmedaliev. But I think they both got versatility. But I think MJ has just I, – I, I, I would say, I don't even think. I mean, he, he's got a little more pop. So that – maybe. We'll, we'll see if, if it ever does happen. But that might give him an edge. But, um, you know – it's probably going to be where it might not happen, but you know, I think it's what on uh, July 9th, and, and this does lead to them setting things up a lot of times. I mean, you've got Ray Vargas is fighting um, Mike Sayo, you know, big featherweight out there with PBC guys. Um, you know, maybe, maybe it's just going to end up that Fulton ends up fighting the winner and then you know Figueroa is going to be around there and we'll see if Gary Russell tries to make another run at featherweight 126 pounds you know his dad just passed away but you know he's a talented guy uh did seem to be some evidence he had that hurt shoulder in that last fight uh so you know shoulder injuries can be tricky for boxers but if, if he can come back from it maybe he can make one more run and you know we'll see I mean you know, but where it might, I don't know if Hearn would want to do this, but then Hearn all has all those UK featherweights. I mean, let's face it, on the other 
side of the street, Akhmadaliev could just do the same thing. You know, he can he can go up four pounds, and if Hearn wants to make those fights, he can fight all those guys. You know, Hearn's guys, and he's got, uh, you know, he's got Lara as well, Mauricio Lara. So I think he's still got him in a deal. So, uh, you know, he, he's really do a big fight, relatively speaking. So I don't know. I'd like to see it like everybody else, and everybody's talking like, well, you know, with all alphabet fouls on the line, it's going to have to happen. But I, I just, I just think with the TV entity differences, you know, especially the zone PBC, I, I don't think it's likely. So I, I'd like to see the fight like everybody else. No, no, re, no reason to not hope I'm wrong on that. But I, you know, if, if you had, if I had to bet, I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see it happening. So uh, interesting, but, but I don't think we're going to see that one. Yeah, it's funny because when Hearn first came over here the first couple of years, you know, Joshua had to deal with Showtime. He fought, what, two PBC guys, Brazil and Martin. Yep. Uh, like you said, the Ruiz, technically. Um, there were other couple, you know, um, other couple names involved in there. Uh, the Kel Brook Spence, like, uh, I think, well, maybe that wouldn't be the PBC just yet. I was going to say uh, Brooke and, uh, and Porter, too, but I don't think that was PBC all the way yet. I mean, I know it wasn't paperwork, but it wasn't announced and all that. But yeah, at, you're at right. the that start, was, they had a really good, you know, working relationship in a sense, you know. And uh, then all of a sudden, once the, the zone thing came out, and once some of the, the like a lot of the negotiations going back and forth with Wilder Joshua – and, uh, you know, come to find out that technically speaking, although Eddie would let everybody know that, um, you know, Wilder should take this money, it's funny what the overall zone offer was uh, for a fight with Joshua, at least one of them anyway, was $40 million. But remember, it started out like $5 million, seven and a half, ten, twelve, fifty. you know. Like he was really shortchanging them. Once you look at it, it didn't seem like it at the time, but there was just a lot of stuff that went south, and then they became competitors. I think he had a four or five five fight deal with Showtime, and uh, once they became competitors, and you know he was obviously well behind the zone and Matchroom USA and the zone are together like that. Then it just went south, and since then, you're right, it's been real difficult to get those two to figure something out and actually go behind closed doors and talk about it, not just uh, send messages on IG to a, directly to a fighter. You know what I mean? I think you should do both of them, not just put the offer to the fighter. But it, it's gone sour since those times because for a while there, it actually was going really well when, when Eddie needed them per se. It's always a need for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but you made that's answer, usually what it comes down it. to. That's an excellent point, though, Chris. You did just reminded me. Actually, I think you got it exactly right. That's an excellent point. Yeah, the relationship soured, and what you brought up is what it was. Um, and I, I think we can even extrapolate on that, and, and there's almost no doubt. Yeah, Showtime was really going to go heavy with Anthony Joshua, and they had the deal with Hearn right before PBC was getting started and around when PBC was getting started. And, man – Hearn decided to take Joshua at that point in the U.S. only to the new entity, DAZN, which you could see Stephen Espinosa looking at as a direct competitor with Showtime 
even though one was all streaming and the other one was premium cable, there was a similarity in the business model and Showtime's got the entertainment product, but there was a similarity just in the sense where you were going to pay, you know, a subscription of about, you know, 15 bucks a month, that type of a thing, you know, the 10 to 20 range for your boxing and Showtime was going to go heavily with Joshua. Um, let's face it. I don't think people talk about it actually enough, especially with ratings. Really? You look at it now for all stuff, a little bit lower. I mean, when, when they had that split with Showtime and HBO in the last days HBO, but when Joshua fought Klitschko, when Showtime was still all in on Joshua, I mean, those combined telecasts that, that was, in the U.S., I mean, that's two European guys, you know, UK and you know, Ukrainian in the U.S., those did big numbers, I mean, for premium cable. You, know, you added up the two telecasts, the one that day on HBO, the one on show, they were big. And, you know, I remember quotes from Stephen Espinosa, like, like we, we, Joshua was knocking everybody out. I mean, it seems a little funny now where Joshua's had some stumbles, but, you know, I, I know where he was going with it. And, and Joshua has been a top heavyweight since, you know, Joshua was getting all those KOs at that point, And they wanted to, you know, market him kind of as like this Mike Tyson-esque kind of figure in the U.S., not necessarily his personality, but, you know, with, with he's knocking everybody out, you know, we're going to show him and, and he's, uh, he's knocking everybody out, that, that type of a thing. Um, so, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that, I think you're right. I think when, the, you know, Hearn just did that basic and look, you know, De La Hoya, you know, that's why Canelo left. I mean, you know, that, that kind of Joshua to the, to zone move, you know, that, that was for Eddie Hearn, not for Josh. You know, that was for Eddie Hearn, not for Joshua. Even though Joshua's made plenty of money with Eddie Hearn, one of the top earners in boxing, no, no denying that. But I mean, that's what Canelo's kind of knock on Oscar De La Hoya was. I mean, you know, yeah, Canelo made a lot of money too. You know, he's also one of the top earners in boxing. You know, at the top, and and he felt like, you know, hey, Oscar got me in this zone deal with Golden Boy, getting a cut that was good for Oscar. Didn't you know what that part of it wasn't good for Canelo, and and they ended up having litigation. So. Um, I think that that you're right. That's when that soured. Um, I think from the PBC playbook, because let's face it, all these promoters, like you said, they they have their own purposes in their playbook. Except for maybe Ruiz, I think that was just such a big fight, and they figured if he win one, which he did, it would help PBC. You know, it seemed like what Al Heyman would do is, if it was one of his guys that he had looked at, maybe a little lower level at PBC in terms of what they thought they could do, how far they could go. You know, he's doing his management role there. Like let's say a Charles Martin or a Brazil, um, you know, we'll, we'll send this guy over and, and most all three of them were for Joshua. So, you know, there, I think it was Al Heyman saying, I, these guys are, are a little lower in our pecking order. I've got to have them take this opportunity to get this payday. And, you know, that's what he did. Now, you know, there's – and I don't blame, you know, Al Heyman. I think he knows what he wants to do with these guys. And look, Konatsky's got another appearance coming up, uh, even though he's had the, the stumbles with Hellenius. What I'm getting to with there is that, you know, it, it did look like, you know, then PBC, they were building Konatsky up quite a bit then. He'd been making network appearances, and they were like, we're not going to send him over. You know, that was when he was still undefeated. Right. To fight 
Josh, to fight Josh or one of those guys. You know, once in a while, but but I, I could read into it. You know, follow you follow PBC and all the promotions like I do closely. And if you're hardcore and you follow the sport and commentate, you know kind of what the pecking order is. Now he did, like you said though. I mean, he did. They did have Errol Spence take that fight. I mean, so and Errol Spence, there's no doubt he he's always been one of their top guys. Um, so it's just it is interesting. It, you know, that's one thing I gotta. You know, some people criticize it, but it does seem like maybe you know. Let's face it, there are some times where you know Al Heyman will take a look at it if if the payday's big enough. Yeah, he might. You know, yeah, you know, or the opportunities at the weight class, like Danny right, Jacobs. Right. You know, it was like, well, you know, Golovkin's there. No, they didn't really have middleweights beyond Peter Quillen, and he already took him out in the first round. So it was like. This is this is all right, cool, and, and he he went and did his own thing, and he got the Golovkin fight. I think people kind of forget that though. Like the first time Danny Jacobs fought off of Al Heyman card was against Golovkin. The first disown right. fight he, he he took was against Canelo. Notice how they haven't offered Charlo Golovkin or Canelo, uh, you know, for for disown. Um, so that that's how the business works, and that's it sucks. But it's true. It's like kind of a, what have you done? For, listen to how Bob talks about the zone now, the dead zone, even though it has Joshua and has uh, Canelo. But as we know in the States, it, that we could tell by the Canelo numbers. We now have proof of it. You know, one fight off of it, we saw how much more of attention it got. We saw the gate blow up and all that. That's why it's going to be really interesting to see this Canelo Triple G and how much they try to market uh, you know, during the beginning of college football, and, and especially, I should say, college football will be already a couple of weeks in, but um, NFL will just be starting. Can they sneak in some NFL ads in there? That'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers they do there. But remember, uh, Ramirez went over and fought that one fight because the money was just so good. But, you know, he hasn't fought off ESPN since. So it's really like, what do you need or like even uh, with Lomachenko, he went and fought Krola overseas, and they did like a two-fight package where Campbell was involved too. So it's all about what promoters need, and if they don't have the fights at the weight class under you know their umbrella, which means their promotional company or people they work with, because everyone has promoters and managers they work with closely, um, it's probably not going to happen unless it's a big, 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 big fight. There's just not that many as far as revenue. Right, but it's mainly it's mainly been her not sent when you when you go through it, you, you make good points and, and you start them looking at it. I mean, I can't think of Hearn sending a guy over to Top Rank or PBC except for Luke Campbell for that Lomachenko fight. Now he, he did do it for that one, and it was on ESPN, but. Hearn, Hearn generally has not been. It's been a while. That is true. Yeah, it's it's been a while, and, and you know because he had Hooker, really... he sent Hooker over to ESPN. Well, he didn't send him. He lost the purse bit, actually. Yeah, he. But he he's he's really. But the, that's the part that Hearn, like you said, from a business wise, I don't, you know I don't like that. But I mean, like he he looks at, understandably so. I mean, he he looks at like his U.S. mission is. He, he's supposed to be doing whatever he can do to carry his own. And, you know, he just looks at that as that's a paramount part of his mission. And, and he's not, I don't think he's going to deviate that from that much. See, 
I don't always agree with Bob Aaron by any means. We know these guys are boxing promoters and they'll say stuff, but you know, I, I've been debating some people and I, I'm still sticking with it. I mean, I like when, when Aram said recently going to send Beter, Beter necessarily over to the zone right. to fight Bivol. I think some of those points are legitimate. I mean, you know, I, I really, I think there's some other smart people, you know, uh, that debate the subject, but I think sometimes they don't understand some of the things about marketing and TV. I mean, you know, TV, you know, this is not a stretch. This is boxing. This is football. This is basketball. This is racing. This is everything now in 2022, especially in the U S you know, when live sports are actually at their most value because you, you know, the, you have to watch it when it's on, or you know, in other words, because it's hard to not find the result. So, and then that with the gambling and everything, it just makes live sports so valuable. But what I'm getting to is, it's TV that drives these numbers. It's not gate revenue. I mean, did you see recently? Apparently, the UFC gate is only 12 percent of their revenue. So, you know, you, you figure boxing's not going to be much off of that. You know, it, it's not going to be dramatically off of that. Sure, you make some money from it, but this this is not Joe Lewis fighting in Yankee Stadium. You know, before before televised sports was around. I mean, that's when they had to worry about gate numbers. You know, that they're not gates. Gates. Yeah, there's only a handful now. that can produce real gates every time out. Yeah, and it's it's just a side issue. Sure, it's money you're going to take you want, but it, it's not driving what they're going to do. TV is driving, you know, broadcast rights. TV is completely driving what they're going to do. I mean, you know, you know, you look at TV payouts. I mean, it's kept because baseball is a sport that they play almost every night. That these regional sports networks need to fill up those calendars. You know, they couldn't do it without baseball for six months of the year. That's really a lot of where baseball's money comes from now. You know, that, in other words, but it's it's just you know it's just TV because they got a product that's out there almost every night and that has some value for, on the live sports, you know, on the live programming thing nowadays. So, I mean, but you know, it's the same with boxing with with TV, with TV stuff. Just getting to the point I'm getting to is, you know, so Peter B.F. Smith without the streaming in there. I mean, it was the number one program on cable that night on ESPN, which about 770,000. That's without the ESPN Plus. And, you know, I think ESPN Plus is up now around, what, 9, 10 million subscribers or something like that. It shot up when it became part of those packages and bundles and everything. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's not as much as still people are going to see on a regular ESPN, but you add to that. And, you know, Haney, in fairness, looking at other fighters, I mean, you know, you know, Haney and his fight and Shakur Stevenson and their fight did better. Um, there's no doubt about that. Credit to those, you know, Americans there in the U.S. But just saying that, look, it's it's enough that that does matter. It's not something that doesn't matter. You know, even though Peter Biev has, you know, fought for Russia, you know, now he's a Canadian citizen. He's from Chechnya. But, you know, he's fought in the U.S. a lot, let's face it. And, and you know, going back to the PBC days, he's been on network. I mean, it, it adds up. Sure, it's not watched as much as an NFL game or something. But when, when these fighters appearances add up, I mean, it, they've still been seen by a lot more other people. I mean, you know, Joe Smith's been on ESPN. He fought on PBC on network in the early days. You know, DeGuardia had, had a couple of fights that he had his guys come over for Heyman. Um, you, you know, so, but those were on NBC. I'm just saying, you know, people that don't follow this stuff, they don't get it. They don't know that 
when a fighter's seen like that, it, it adds up. It, it matters. There's a value there. I mean, that's, that's sometimes now, like we were just saying, as time goes on, when Al Heyman is not going to send the guy over, you know, because what Al Heyman understands, and he's right, is, hey, why did I do time buys, you know, and put these guys out there on our money where we had to sell the advertising to get PBC going right. and get these guys known, and then I'm going to send them over to the zone for Eddie Hearn? I mean, I do have to go that far. That, that's what people are, are, are dopey. They don't, they don't get, you know. I mean, that, that, there's a value there. That does matter. That's not something that's not a factor. That, that is a factor. So, you know, Aram, and, you know, who knows, like you said, if the money's enough, but, but Aram, when he says that, that's that's not something to be totally discounted, you know, when he's saying, hey, I just had Beaver B. Evan on again. And that was even before the ratings were out. But, you know, they know what the ratings are. And, you know, between ESPN Plus and, and regular ESPN, we got them seen by over a million in the U.S. They, then we're going to give them to Eddie Hearn on, the, you know, on the zone and try to help the zone. Like you said, they're competitors. You try to help the zone who's sucking wind get something going. And on the other side of the coin, why do you think there were times that Hearn wanted to bring these PBC guys over? And, and frankly, I think right. that's why he took yeah. Andy Ruiz, because Andy Ruiz mm-hmm. just was seen on network a few times when he sat it out with top rank and he came over to PBC. I mean, it, it, it matters. It, it, you can't discount it. And see, Hearn doesn't have that with his disowned guys in the U.S. Like, look at a guy as good as Bam Rodriguez. I mean, it's not hating on the zone. It's just a fact. I mean, because of the number of subscribers and then what the weight class is. I mean, not many people, not many people saw that. I mean, I don't, you know, what, you don't have to have them releasing the numbers to know that, you know, a, a rough idea what their subscribers probably are. And you don't get a hundred percent watch rate on your subscribers, not even close. So, you, you know, you, you can, and then you figure a 115 pound fighter and you can do the math and, yeah, it's, it's not, I mean, you saw what the HBO numbers were for these guys at the end, and that they have 40 million subscribers. Right. If the zone's got, if the zone's got, you know, one fortieth of that, I mean, you know, what are they? You know, how many people are going to watch it? So, you know, these, these things, these things do matter. You know, like you said correctly. I mean, they're, they're competitors as well. Yeah, sure. Sometimes you want to make fights, but they also are competing with each other. So. Um, and they want to you know, keep I, their deals. And then look at the Devin Haney thing. I mean, Bob said it right to his face. He signed with the wrong co- company at this weight class. He just did. And then he had to sign. This is a while back, obviously. But then he had to, you know, he had to sign a couple of fight deals with uh, with them to, to get the fight. And that's just kind of how it goes, you know. We could sit there and moan and groan, but. You know, I my problem is it's just the one-sided, so much one-sided towards, oh, it's Al. He just doesn't want to do business. Well, right. let's tell the complete right. story. That's that's what we're talking about. Yeah, you got to tell the complete story. Look, if I'm, I, this is where I can relate to what Bob Aram and, you know, Al Heyman through his spokespeople and things, or if Stephen Espinosa might say it, but, you know, because even Showtime's got over, you know, this is not even the streaming part, but just the, you know, premium cable, regular subscribers part, you know, it's over like 22 million. You know, if, if right, if, if I'm investing in a guy and I'm getting him seen on, on, you know, PBC started with network. Now it's not as much, but you know, now top rank through ESPN has picked up the basic cable banner. So they have those concerns. You know, if I'm getting my guy seen much more on multiple appearances and I've invested in that. And, and let's face it, advertisers have invested in that. There's all these factors, people, they don't account with the broadcast business. You know, they're not going to give these guys away easily to 
the, especially, frankly, to the DAZN guys who just are not getting their guys seen much. And then remember, too, like you made a good point, Chris, but this is where DAZN is at a massive disadvantage. Let's say, and they do do this a little bit, but when DAZN has to make that calculation in the U.S., just like that you talked about, that Canelo, Triple G is going to be in the start of NFL and college football season, they don't have their own network, so they've got to buy time to market. So when Fox runs an ad on NFL for a PBC product, they can make a business calculation that, well, an advertiser could have paid us to run one there, but we'd rather just give ourselves a freebie and promote this PBC show and, and you know get it seen by all those NFL viewers. The zone's got to go into their pocket and buy time. They got to, you know, if they want to run an ad on Fox or NBC during an NFL game, they've got to go, they got to reach into their pocket and buy marketing time. So it, it, the, the risk for them on the event then is even bigger because they've actually got to go out, they got to pay per view out there, and then they got to market it. They got to buy time. Like, you know, remember when Deontay Wilder, this is things that people aren't getting again. When PBC was able to get Deontay Wilder because he fights on Showtime to be on at halftime at the Final Four, you know, the second most watched sporting event in the U.S. after the Super Bowl. Right. I mean, you know, when they got him seen, when they got him, got him seen by that kind of viewers, millions and millions of viewers, I mean, they're not going to give – they're not going to – like you said, again, they're not going to send them over to the zone. <laughs> they're not sending them over to the zone then and do the zone a favor when they've marketed them on CBS, you know, I mean, it's not going to happen. You see, they've got a big advantage on the zone because the zone's got to buy that time. If you know Disney wants to market an ESPN fight, they can they can run ads on ABC. You know, they they can, you know, they own it. I mean, they can and on ESPN. The zone can't do that. I mean, ads on the zone itself aren't going to do much for them. It doesn't have the reach. So, you know, there, there, there's a there's a reason why. You know, there, there's going to be hesitation to to send to do the zone a favor on some of these on some of these fights, and and Hearn knows that some. That's why once in a while, you know, and how many times does he try to say, "Oh, have Charlo come over and things like that." It's it's not only necessarily that it might not happen. It's that for Hearn, it wouldn't. If that did happen, it wouldn't be that bad because of the reasons we're saying. Because Charlo's gotten all that exposure compared to the guys on the zone. Of course, he'd like to have him. <laughs> of course, he'd like to come over there and fight somebody. Right. Anything other uh, or any other things you want to talk about, you know, that happened from the weekend or any other items out there that you uh, think is interesting that you want to kind of bring up at all? Yeah, I think I'll, I'll talk two items that in terms of intrigue are, unfortunately, one we know. I don't know what the, I don't I'll run Joshua Usyk on pay-per-view in the U.S., but I guess I haven't heard that for sure yet. Um, but, you right. know, they are going to I was do, wondering oh, about that, are, too. They are going to do Canelo Triple G. The reason I say that is, I, you know, we're, we're, and this is PBC, you know, top rank, got to give them that. They have kind of stayed away from that. But, you know, we're, we're getting too many PB, we're getting too many pay-per-views are going to be coming from PBC and zone. I mean, that, that you can say. Um, and then, you know, of course, maybe we'll talk about it before, before I go, because I saw you mentioned it, and it's kind of funny that, you know, Jake Paul is going to have a PPV coming up on Showtime too. But before I get to that, um I am, I, I am really finding though just what's going to happen. In you know, Canelo is a pretty big favorite, but this is myself, and for some of the reasons you and I have talked, and I've always been a big Canelo fan, but 
I'm getting real intrigued about what's going to happen in that Canelo Triple G3, you know, in the ring-wise. And same really with Joshua Usyk. So I kind of want to talk about that because, you know, those will be both coming up, you know, around, around end of summertime. You know, we're at the beginning of summertime here in the U.S. But uh, by the end, those are going to be coming up. And it's got me thinking, like, you know, with Canelo, you know, coming off the b-ball loss, and you know, now people are talking about the up and down of weight and saying, well, people do it, and Tank's done it recently. You got to remember, though, just because somebody it works for something works for somebody doesn't mean in general it's a it's a good idea, and it it works most of the time. In other words, I I am in the camp that a lot of the jumping up and down on weight probably is not that good. So I, I think that works a little against Canelo. Golovkin was 165 in the amateurs. I'm also in the camp, and I, I think you have, you've agreed with this, Chris, that I don't think him fighting at 168, that's going to be a big deal for him. So I don't think that hurts Golovkin. Uh, you know, Golovkin's still got pop and chin. I think, his, I think his fanboys overrate some of what else he brings to the table. And don't get me wrong, the guy's always been dangerous and, and had an excellent career with that pop and chin. But I think that that's the strengths of his game. But you know, where that's worked for Canelo is Canelo's good defensively, and he's got him and G, Triple G have two of the best chins in boxing. But still, when a guy hits as hard as, you know, Golovkin, you know, I don't think you can go in there and just say, even though he's 40, and just say, yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to not worry about this guy tagging me. I mean, I think he's got too much power for that, and so far his chin hasn't been dented. So, I think, you know, Canelo's definitely quicker. He's always been faster, and he still will be. But I, I think there's some danger there. So, it's getting interesting to me. Uh, too bad to me it's on pay-per-view. I think with the zone, which what their marketing was, and we're always promising they were going to give you this fight when they started out. I mean, it, it almost seems to me like they owe it to the fans to be on the zone, but it's regular the zone, but it's not going to be. And then the Joshua Usyk, you got, you know, Robert Garcia's in there now. Um, I think that's a great move for Joshua. You know, there's a little more time now. I agree with the people that say maybe there's not, a lot of time for him to do a lot of in-the-ring technique type of stuff. I agree. That's probably not going to be a big factor here. But I just think the strategic and attitude adjustments he can potentially bring for Joshua in the training camp, in the corner, could make a difference. But what still sticks out to me is what you and I have talked about. I am with other people like this. I mean, it just it just does bother me the way Joshua finished in that first fight. I mean, he, he looked to be on his way out, and, and Usyk – has a great motor, great stamina. That's definitely one of his strengths. Um, so Joshua will really have to – I don't think I'm, – I'm with the people – I do agree with some of the Usyk fans that are saying, you know, Joshua rushing and reckless isn't going to be the answer. You know, yeah, you want to be more aggressive. And I, and I agree, but I don't think Robert Garcia will have him doing that. But I think, I think what Robert Garcia is not going to be fooled by is – I thought Usyk, some, you know – you know, we talk about this a lot, and I think if you watch the, the, the videos of the fight closely, you can see it. You know, when Usyk got hit to the body against Gassiev, even though he, he won that fight, I, I don't think he reacted that well. And Gassiev's a good puncher, but, you know, I, I just I just don't think he reacted that well. I think he kind of bluffed his way through it. I think he got away with that again with Joshua. And he even seemed to admit it himself after the fight. And then the Joshua fight, more... You didn't see this in Gassiev, but I thought you saw it in the Joshua fight. You know, I, I don't think that that is unfair to Usyk where, you know, 
Joshua, I mean, Joshua was busting him up with his jab pretty good, and you saw Usyk's face after the fight. Yeah, he won it. I agree with everybody that says he won it. He almost had Joshua out at the end, but it does matter just in the sense that it, it doesn't determine if you win the fight or not. I agree with that, but it does show you he was he was you know th- those marks got there those marks got there somewhere, and Usyk was kind of playing with his nose during the fight. What I'm getting to is, I, I don't think. Robert Garcia, it doesn't mean Usyk might not still win, he, and he is the favorite, but I don't think Robert Garcia in the corner is going to get BS by that. You know what I mean? Like, I think if Joshua's, you know, hurting him to the body or, or stinging him with the jab or something like that, you know, Robert Garcia is going to be having him being, a, being a, on him. It's not going to be like McCracken with this, you know, keep keep boxing. I mean, nobody knows what the hell that was, you know. I mean, those those corner instructions. So, I think that's intriguing, and then I agree. Just look at pictures, and you know, you don't know if maybe Usyk's bluffing a little, or maybe there's something could be something too with these early training pictures he's putting out. You know, he, he he looks more muscular, a little beefed up, but you know, he won the first fight. Does does he need that? I mean, you know, he, he's 35. I mean, you know, he he wants to be the quicker guy in there. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's something that's going to matter. You know, they haven't weighed in or anything. That that's something you really do have to wait till the the night before the fight, the day before the fight. But uh, but I think that's one thing that the zone does have with having these two fights. Um, I think there's I think there's there is pretty good intrigue with those fights. But on the business end, like you're talking, I don't think the zone though is going to be able to. I don't think they are a third fight between the guys, and they've got to pay for all their own marketing. Basically, I don't think they are going to be able to make Golovkin Triple G into a big pay per view. Um, for this third fight, Especially four I, I years think, later, you know, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to do well number wise. You know, hardcore fans are going to be interested. I'm interested in the fight, but as a pay per view, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to fly. I, I don't think it's going to do what particularly well. So you don't so, think uh, it's going to do ten times more than Spence Crawford, like Eddie Hearn said? Although he did edit <laughs> to four or five now, he edited it today, John, to four or five. <laughs> I still don't think the four or five is right, but you know he's promoting. I did tweet that out there. I I, I don't think that makes any sense. I mean, to me, I, I have a sense, and you know, Crawford's had the ESPN appearances. Spence goes back and he's appeared on NBC, um, a lot of Showtime. You know, you know he's appeared on Showtime. Um, Pay per views for this era have done reasonably well. I think that's a really big fight. Um, and, you know, look at, you know, this is something that, frankly, I got to say, has, as much as I follow, follow the TV and try to keep an enlightened mind, I, I actually appreciate I've become more enlightened to this maybe in the last three, four years. I don't think I even appreciate it enough in the Mayweather era. Like you and I agree, De La Hoya opened the door for him, but then Mayweather ran with it. I mean, look, look you know, relatively speaking, you just did, saw Shakur Stevenson do a good number on ESPN, Devin Haney, who hadn't even been on ESPN. Um, you know, you, you got Spence and Crawford. I mean, why why isn't this a really big fight? I mean, I just think it's a really big fight. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I don't see any reason why that fight's not going to do really big numbers if it comes off and they're both undefeated and, and it comes off in the near future. So I, I don't – you know, Canelo is the biggest overall star in boxing, but, you know, he, it's getting to me now where he, he's had too many zone appearances. You know, he got the plant one on a – PBC pay-per-view that did well because of who he was fighting and the marketing they could do and because he's Canelo, but it's all those things combined, but he doesn't have that 
on a DAZN pay-per-view fighting Golovkin for a third time. I, I don't think that fight's anywhere near Spence Crawford. I don't. And then I think you almost can project it out. I mean, to me, and again, it's just because what it is what you would expect. I mean, Canelo fighting Plant, who had a lot of network TV appearances and had a real high FS1 rating, uh, you know, around 900,000, um, you know, it matters. I mean, even though Canelo's a star, people don't get that either. You know, when you fight Plant, when he had right. that network exposure, that PBC got him, that's what Al Heyman was working on all those years. It matters. It doesn't mean he drew in more viewers, but it matters. I don't have any trouble believing that 850 number, you know, based on what Canelo's numbers were when he was appearing on HBO a lot, which has 40 million subscribers. We know when he fought Kirkland on regular HBO, like 2 million watched it, and that's premium cable. So that number makes sense to me. If you follow all that stuff, I mean, that's easy to believe. I mean, that makes sense. But that, but then this is what the people don't get, especially the people who aren't in the U.S. following this stuff. I mean, the zone, it's been estimated they got like a million subscribers, and then they're doing a pay-per-view that they got to market themselves. I mean, when numbers are floated around there that, you know, Canelo, B-Ball was not – well-known in the U.S. I mean, for God's sakes, Hearn had him fighting underneath Campbell Hatton on one of his cards. <laughs> don't, don't tell me right. the guy was highly valued as a marketable attraction. I mean, come on. We all know Eddie Hearn's not stupid. Let's be honest, okay? So if Eddie Hearn had Dimitri Bivol fighting under Campbell Hatton on one of his cards against Craig Richards, I don't think Bivol was highly, mar- was highly marketable. I'm not going to believe that he gets in there with Canelo out of the zone pay-per-view, their first one ever, and that, that, that did any kind of numbers whatsoever. I mean, so, I, I mean, if, if, you, if you thought that did 500, you're, you're being real generous to the zone. I, I would just say that. Now, I don't know the numbers, okay? I don't know, but you can do the circumstantial evidence. So let, let's just say, you know, let's say maybe it did around that and what? coming off all the HBO exposure for both fighters. And relatively speaking, Golovkin got good HBO ratings. So he didn't do well when he went to pay-per-view, though. we got to remember that. He only did 120 against Lemieux was the estimate. Um, so you know, I think what Canelo GG2 was doing doing around a million around there, did a little less than the first yeah, one. Yeah, I think it did 1.3 had... and 1.1. And then I okay. think the gate did like 23, and the first one did like 27. Okay, and, and the second one was a little higher priced. So, but here's the, here's the thing. That's coming off all the HBO exposure for both guys. And now Canelo's had all these fights on the zone. GGG's had all these fights on the zone. Hey, it, it, it fades. You know, it, it fades. And it's the third fight, even if it was on HBO. I mean, third fights don't generally you know, do, do as well. I mean, it just, you know, really – when they were able to kind of build Fury Wilder into more popularity coming off their first fight, I mean, that, that was the exception, not the rule. That usually doesn't happen much. I think one of the other exceptions would be Tyson Holyfield too, the ear bite fight. I mean, that, you know, of course that was a disaster in terms of what happened, but in terms of the, the pay-per-view numbers, it did much better than the first fight. I'm just recalling that off the top of my head. Of course, anybody can Google it. So that's just coming off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not Googling. But I, I don't think I don't I don't think there's a real good scenario, even if this ends up being a good fight. And I do like the rivalry; it will go down in history. But it's I don't think as a pay-per-view attraction it's going to be do particularly well. I think 
you know, Spence Crawford's got to be up there with about as big as anything you've got out there right now, I think. But again, I think both guys can't stumble. I mean, we've seen that happen too many times in boxing and, and that'll, uh, you know, that'll, that'll take away from it if they don't, if they don't get that deal done relatively soon. I mean, those, those guys, especially Crawford, they're getting older, you know, things can happen. So they, they need to do it, but I think if they do it right now, that fight's big. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Any other, uh, well, we did, we did, we did come up. Hey, uh, I wanted to say this. I didn't want to cut you off though, but Eddie sent Canelo over to the PVC. No, I'm just kidding. And he, he, you know, Canelo does his uh, yeah, own bidding, did, but we did kind of find. I bet you Eddie would claim that one. He'd be like, "Hey, I sent them over for that one." Um, he was kind of, but he yeah, was he, uh, saying that he was kind of saying that uh-huh. when that was getting done, but we know it's not true. Right? Yeah. Well, he, he was, was also saying it. that why why would he sign more than a one fight deal? He could be he could be a free agent now. You know, now Eddie's trying to get him for multiple fights and whatnot, but that's being a promoter. Why wouldn't you do that? Any other items you want to uh, talk about? That's, I think that's about it for tonight, Chris. Uh, but, but I got that, like I said, those are DAZN products, but I will give them that. There's when I, when I'm thinking about some fights lately that there are building some intrigue, even though we've seen triple G and Cadella twice before, and we see Joshua and Usyk once those fights in terms of what's going to happen in ring, those are, those are getting, those are getting pretty intriguing to me. I, I got to say that. There we go. Let's see what happens here. All right. You okay. take it easy. You have a good night. And like I said, um, I'm now basically down to one podcast. So I'm going to try to do as many Monday shows as I can for the summer. All right, Chris. It sounds good. Thanks for having me as always. Enjoyed it. All right. Have a good one. Have a good one. All righty. That was an interesting conversation, as always. Um, and you know, I did want to actually, uh, I did want to just brush upon that Hecky Butler. Is it Hecky? Uh, he did pull the upset over Eldwin Soto. Um, he outboxed him. I think he knocked down Soto. Oh, the it wasn't the eleventh. It was the twelfth. It was the last round, right? think so he outboxed him pretty much um that's how he won the fight he kind of built the lead and whatnot um i think all three scorecards read 114 113 that was on espn plus um and he basically kind of did what uh you know he he actually got beat a couple years back was it 2019 or 18 maybe early in their late or early, you know what? It's probably on the, it's probably New Year's actually. Now I think about it, either 2019 New Year's or 2018 New Year's, one of the two, where uh, Kyle Gucci beat him, uh, ended up knocking him out. But it was a competitive, it, you know, it had some competitiveness to it. But um, so he he bounces back with a big win. I did want to give him credit there, and he basically kind of used the the Jonathan Gonzalez blueprint blueprint where he you know i think he added a knockdown in there but that was a good win that was a very good one um and just going off of uh i do have a couple of quotes not just from the canelo triple g presser the the trilogy presser but i do have some eddie hearn quotes uh because you know some people think oh 
you know, I just get on Eddie every week. I'm just telling it like it is. But I do want to give him credit in some of these or at least show the other sides of them. But there was, I mean, Canelo was, you know, really laying into Golovkin. Not over the top, but some of the stuff he said was pretty factual. I mean, as far as did what he called his his resume, like D plus, he was fighting D plus fighters. Uh, what he, I mean, you know, two out of the first three fights. I mean, obviously the Derevinchenko, that was a good fight, um, and that probably that did warrant a rematch, whether you thought he lost or not. But uh, this is what Canelo was saying. Uh, you know, I was busy fight fighting the best fighters out there. Um, that's why it took, you know, four years for the third fight. Of course, he's been just waiting around. He wants the last payday. Look at my fights after Triple G and look at his fights. Uh, he's not talking shit anymore because he has me in front of him now. Call the lion when you see him coming and I'm coming. <laughs> that's kind of cheesy. Um, the funny part was beyond the D fighters he was talking about. And I don't think the last fight was a D fight, but, uh, he said he always pretends to be a nice guy, but he's an asshole. He's an asshole person. Um, you know, it is what it is to be another person. This is who I am. He always said I'm scared and run away when I'm fighting the best guys out there. He's fighting D-class fighters. Uh, he's talking a lot of things about me. That's why it's personal. And he, he said it's going to be so sweet to to push him off, you know, that perver- proverbial cliff. At the end of the career, these are BoxingScene.com uh, quotes. Um, of course, you know, when he retires, basically. So um, I will give Eddie some credit, though, as far as how the promotional, you know, the promotion has gone so far. Um, because I literally just saw because they did one in New York today. And before the Yankees game, they have them squared off at home plate. So that's pretty cool to be this far out. It's a Yankees game. They're obviously in New York and whatnot, so I do want to give them credit there. A couple other quotes, though. Eddie Hearn, because he was on that MMA show today, um, this is what he said, you know, a little while ago, maybe four days ago or something like that. Eddie said on the Better Be of uh, Bivol, he said, Bivol is ready to fight for Undisputed. September, October, November, if we wait, Bivol's going to, you know, make a defense and then do the Canelo rematch. So you got to strike now, basically. Uh, don't talk about other fights. Let's make this fight happen. And then we did read what Bob said last week, you know, calling the zone dead zone and all that stuff, and he, he doesn't want Bivol over there. But to give Eddie Hearn some credit and to give his side of the story, Eddie Hearn said he's willing to make the Bivol uh, versus, versus Beater BF fight on ESPN, and it doesn't have to be on the zone. Does top rank want it? Eddie says he would love to do a blind bid with Bob where each puts their offer in an envelope and the bigger offer gets the rights to the fight. Well, I mean, which one is it? Do you say we can do, I just want a fair deal for my guy, let's do on ESPN, or do you want to do a blind bid, which is not going to happen? So, I do want to give him credit, though. He says it, you know, it doesn't have to be on the zone. So what's that mean? What kind of money does that mean? That's obviously the next, you know, the next thing there. But, um, you know, I want to give him a little credit there. And also, um, he recently, he tweeted out 
when uh, well over his tweet, um, Cool Boy Steph said, "No mandatories, right? Let's make it happen." He said, "100%, no obstacles. Let's make it happen." Um, and when we say no obstacles, obviously there's obstacles. You know what I mean? That's that's a given uh, because they're on two different networks. But you know, let's see what they come up with. You know, is it going to be Eddie going to the press? You know, after they just started negotiating, said I've offered Cool Boy Steph money he's never gotten. You know, that type of thing. Or is he going to, you know, let this stuff play out? I think that's kind of the one of the like I was saying earlier in the show. That's kind of one of those things that Eddie kind of falls into, where the negotiation will be just starting or in, in the middle of it, and he'll be dogging the other side. He'll be dogging the other fighter, and it's like that's not, that doesn't that doesn't work all that well, man. Different if it's too big, like McGregor and Mayweather or Jake Paul and Fury, and they're talking shit and all that. That's a little different, but. We'll see. You know, like I said, neither of them stand out as an A-side per se as far as butts in the seats. Um, Main event-wise, we have seen, you know, now, you know, Fulton being multiple main events of ladies spot bigger fights of late. That's for sure. Whereas, uh, you know, MJ has been on undercards. Uh, You know, he was the, the third listed fight until uh, the co-feature got knocked off. So, and these are things Eddie, Eddie Hearn would say as well, by the way. So I'm not saying he, he would say it for his guy if that was the case. So, like I said, I don't think either of them are, are some kind of clear A-side. But as far as main event, um, you know, he's been in more of main events. He's fought better competition of late. And the only time that they've fought the same guy, I'm not saying he whitewashed them, but pretty damn close. Uh you know, Fulton. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what kind of offers come around and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, it would be nice. Speaking of, uh, I mentioned Jake Paul and Tyson Fury there for a second. As we know, that fight got made for April 6th. The tickets go on sale, I think, the, um, the 29th uh, coming up. Tommy Fury, Jake Paul, He's finally fighting a boxer, what everybody wanted him to do for obvious reasons. I could see why his side wanted to, like, slowly get into what he's doing and not get in over his head. Did he get in over his head right now? You know, that's a possibility, you know, maybe. I mean, Tommy Fury doesn't really look like he's, you know, or did I say Tyson? Tommy Fury. Tyson says he's been fighting his whole life, but, man, when you see him in a ring, I know he's still a young prospect, but as far as, you know, I'm not saying he's super young, like he's 20 or something, but he's not like a super old guy, and, you know, he hasn't had many fights. He hasn't looked that good, I'll say that. You know what I'm saying? Um, By the way, Amanda Serrano will be taking on Carbajal uh, in that fight. Um, I think it's for the interim WBO featherweight champ, or she is the WBO the interim WBO. So that that's a good fight too. That'll probably be a fun fight to watch. Um, so that's kind of the co-feature as well. Mexican against Puerto Rican, which will go big in New York city. Um, you know, I don't think she's been stopped. So that should be a fun fight to watch. But as far as, 
you know, I'm glad that he's doing this. This is what Tommy Fury said. On August 6th, you're going to wish you stuck to fighting those paid-off MMA fighters and kept your name out of my mouth. That'll be interesting. But the crazy thing is, well, let's not – I mean, I, I don't know – you know, right now I don't know factually speaking. I don't have a like a 100% great source on this just yet. But there is some talk, and maybe it's just clickbait, that Tommy Fury was denied entry while he was heading to the U.S. Because, like I said, on Wednesday, I believe they have – is it Wednesday or Thursday? I think it's Wednesday. Yeah, they have the press conference. So there was a report that – because we know, you know, Tyson Fury, um, you know, was recently denied entrance. And now he actually tried to get in a second time or tried to not get in per se, like he was knocking on the door and they just would answer. But, you know, like he was, he was trying, he he booked another flight. Uh, So it's the second time and he cannot get over here. So, you know, like I said, I don't know this to be a 100% fact just yet. I'll fully admit that. Um, You can go to, you know, you can see it on Twitter a little bit. There is some reporting on it, but it's not, concrete but they're saying that you know um that tommy is not he was he was being denied access because he's on the list as well the list of what they say 600 people but like i said i'm not confirming that i don't want to confirm that i'm just i'm just talking about it okay just talking about it i don't know for a fact so um, but I, I do, I am, like I said, I am glad that he is stepping up to fight a boxer, whatever you think of him as a boxer. I don't think too much of him. But he's got more fights than, uh, you know, Jake Paul at this. So I think that it's a necessary step, not just in Jake Paul's development, because that, like that Joe Smith tweet that I read out last week, that was stupid. He's talking about he's going to be a light heavyweight champ in three years. Look at how Joe Smith is fighting. Totally, completely, first of all, forgetting how he's looked uh, two fights ago in a fight when he was hurt enough to be you know, put on a rope. It should have been a knockdown. It is what it is. Those things happen. But um, he got caught with a shot from one of the biggest power punchers in the sport. So to sit there and be like, Oh, look at Joe Smith. You say I can't fight at that level. Look at Joe Smith. I thought it was pretty bullshit, but I am glad he's taken up a step, a step up. Um, is this going to be an eight rounder? I assume. I don't know. Um, that, that's kind of a good question. I, I'm assuming it is because all of his fights of late, not all of his fights, but of, of late, a bunch of those fights have been that. So um, it does sound like Tyson Fury and um, and Jake Paul made a million dollar bet. You know who knows if that really you know you can get in trouble for that when you announce it because didn't didn't they have a million dollar bet or something like that a big bet for uh, him and Eddie Hearn for the Serrano? I think I think that's it. I think that's it. So he's fought all four rounders except his last fight in April was a six rounder. 
So you wonder if, yeah, it's it's scheduled for eight. I just checked it out. So he's got five fights. Tommy Fury's got eight. I think this is, like I said, I'm just, I'm glad that he is uh, quote unquote stepping up to the plate. Whatever you think about that, at least he is fighting a boxer. However, this might just be clickbait about, you know, Tommy not getting in. Um, I like Jake Paul's, I think Jake Paul can beat Tommy Fury. Um, but I do want to see him in there with a guy at least who has been boxing, you know, not just randomly training. Um, so there's a variety of news out there that we'll get to. According to Mikey Garcia, according to his Instagram, it says right on there, retired former champ of all the divisions, 126, 130, you know, all the ones he got championships in. Uh, 126, 20, uh, 126, 30, 35, and 40, I believe. Yeah. Um, so he says he's retired, which isn't a big surprise. I guess the only surprise is that he's going out the way he went out, you know, with that, with that loss. No disrespect to Sandador, you know, Sandador Martin. No disrespect at all. That's a great win for him. But it's kind of like, hmm, that's how you're going out. But in the same breath, you could make the point of, well, Maybe that's why he's going out, right? <laughs> like, maybe that's a good thing, you know? Probably a damn good thing, actually. Um, so, I don't know. You know, I don't know what to think of it. Um, I've always been a fan of Mikey Garcia. I think he's a very talented fighter. Um, I think a lot of people – it's so crazy who – like, when you go up and risk, take risks like he did with the Spence fight. It's really funny how some people get away with it and say, oh, he's just trying to be great. Of course, there's a payday there. Kel Brook did it. Canelo just went up to, you know, not as big of a jump uh, per se, but he just went up and fought Bibble. It's funny how some people, you know, will call that, oh, you know, they'll call that afraid to fight Lomachenko. Ducking Loma to go fight Spence. You know, you hear that and you're just like, first of all, that Lomachenko fight, what happened, dude? Like, I just don't understand. I do understand why people think this way. But, by the way, there's 90 seconds left. We will go a little bit longer here. 646-381-4990 is the number. If you're listening to it, the show in the browser, 646-381-4990 is the number to call. you got a little over a minute to do it. Otherwise, the live stream cuts off. For those who are on right now, Portland, I see you popped on. What's up? Let me know if you want to uh, talk here. Otherwise, anyone on right now, press 1 if you want to join in and give your thoughts. If you're just listening, that's cool, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's hard to win a lawsuit against top rank in Bob Aaron, and, and he did. He did. So it's just funny or it got, you know, it got dropped because, you know, he basically just waited him out thinking, Explain that, but it was always, oh, he could have made the Loma fight. Says who? Like, when you listen to what Bob was saying about that fight, he's like, I don't even want to negotiate with Mike. You know, they had this horrible split. He was on the bench for, like, what, two years or something like that? Two, two years? Two and a half years? Two years? I don't remember. But I always think that's really telling 
and ignorant from people to say that Mikey, you can say he tried to cash out, that's fine, but to sit there and say he was ducking Loma to fight Spence to go take the beating he did up there, I mean, come on, dude, it's just stupid. But I've always thought he was a hell of a fighter. Um, I was kind of excited. Um, and Mikey hasn't announced it. It's just on his Instagram. But, my, you know, I, I do. I did want to see Mikey at 140, to be honest with you, because I think he could do really well at that weight class. But, you know, maybe we'll never get to see that. I mean, he fought a couple fights there. But, you know what I'm saying, right now, instead of fighting at 147, um, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But, yeah, otherwise, he's had a great career. I always thought a very super talented guy. You know, obviously his love for the sport was in question at times. Um, and, you know, he's he made a lot of money. You know, he's got his faculty. So if, if that's it, we'll see. Um, according to, this is from, I don't know, a couple of days ago, Michael Coppinger, the WBC purse bid for Joshua Taylor, or Josh Taylor's 140-pound defense against uh, Jose Zapata is set for July 1st, okay? So it's coming up. Um, top rank, which promotes bo- both boxers, is targeting October, November in Scotland if they win the rights to this fight. So Zapata, Zapata was Zanford as well? Or is that, isn't it a, I, I thought it was a dueling thing. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Um, oh, Jarrell Miller this is Jake Donovan from Jarrell Jer- Jer- Miller, 350 or 341 pounds. So this is what he said. This is uh, news, but a tweet. Jarrell Miller looks every bit the part of a 341 pound heavyweight who hasn't fought in more than three and a half years. Outboxed through two rounds, came back in round three, but worn for a low blow in round four and struggling so far against a journeyman. <clears throat> now, yeah, he uh, – I mean, he looked bad, dude. There was also – and I forgot this. Um, this is Francisco Salazar. Uh, huge upset in Montreal, probably the biggest one thus far in 2022. Dante Jardin of Mexico City drops top prospect Artem Oganousian. Oganousian? En route to a decision, he won 98, 91, 95, 94, and 97, 92. Um, the guy he beat was literally a minus anywhere from a minus five or five thousand, sorry, minus five thousand, all the way up to a minus ten thousand. That is a humongous upset. My God, I I I, I didn't realize it was that big of an upset. I, I knew it was an upset, but jeez, that's freaking. Crazy, man. Holy shnikes. That is, uh, wow. Um, this is Coppinger as well. Shakur Stevenson and Robinson Conceso is reportedly close uh, to a deal as a defense for Shakur's you know, newly won WBC WBO titles September 23rd in New Jersey. I think that'd be a good fight because I think that Robinson, you know, he deserved uh, a rematch with uh, clearly, you know, with Valdez. So I think that's a good fight. It's not a great fight. Some people want to see Navarrete. Some people want to see him go up. 
I still think it's good. This is Mannix. Negotiations are ongoing for Katie Taylor to face MMA star Chris Cyberg in a boxing match, sources told SI. No deal yet, but the hope is for Taylor and uh, to face Cyberg in December and then move forward with the rematch uh, next spring against Amanda Serrano in Ireland. So why not, you know, make some cash when you can? You know what I'm saying? I think that would – I actually do think that would do a, you know, a big a big one. Oh, this is Graham Houston. Last word on Butler versus Soto. Scorecards indicate Soto up 104 or 105, 104 on all cards after 11 rounds. And then the 10-8, uh, 12th round Butler uh, gave him the win. I'm fairly sure it was the first time Butler had dropped an opponent in eight years. The hand of God, he said. Yeah, that, I mean, talk about pulling it out, dude. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, someone said that he was 341. Yes, he was 341. We're talking about Miller there. Um, it's pretty crazy, dude. It's pretty crazy, man. Um, let's see. We got some more news here. Boxers Ben Shalom, that's the promoter 2X Boxers, uh, has stated they they have they are now approached they they've now approached Frank Warren and offered Joseph or Joe Joyce 1.2 million to fight Joseph Parker on. Sky Sports pay-per-view next. Kind of interesting. Speaking of that, speaking of that dude in boxer, Probellum and uh, Richard Schaefer filed defamation lawsuit against Ben Shalom in boxer, the promotional outfit. Uh, this is Jake Donovan, who always does top-notch reporting. He reported this yesterday. Um. So, yeah, there, there's uh, boxing scene has learned that Probellum and the company co-founders Richard Schaefer and uh, Ali Shamspour have filed a defamation lawsuit against Boxer and the promoter who operates as CEO and director of the UK, UK-based outfit. The initial filing was placed June 21st in the High Court of Justice England, uh, of England and Wales, citing libel and slander and speaking unspecific damages. Um Schaefer, Poor, and Probellum Holdings Limited are listed as the lawsuits uh, all represent blah, 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 blah. And so, yeah, they, they, the lawsuit comes as Probellum's brand and public perception has come under fire in recent months. Specific to this case, the company has fired back at Boxer upon the discovery that the fellow rookie promotional outfit distributed two codes of ethics letters of pro- to prominent trainers Managers and promoters requiring each participant and the fighters that they worked with to deny working uh, in any capacity with Probellum or the now defunct managerial conglomerate MTK Global in order to work with Boxer and Sky Sports. Um, Both companies are named blah, blah, blah. It goes over the sanctions and whatnot. Um, And obviously, you know, They've had some, <laughs> they've had some some run-ins, you know. Um, promotional outfits such as Top Rank and Boxer 
The current content providers to Sky uh, Sports have attempted to draw direct links between ProBellum and Kinahan, with top-ranked founder and chairman Bob Aaron openly claiming that Kinahan 100% still runs ProBellum NMTK. The comment did not go unchecked. That's when, uh, you know, uh, they kind of fired back at him, sent him a legal notice and whatnot. So we'll see where this uh, lawsuit goes. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Um, oh, as far as that Mayweather-McGregor rematch, which I think most people would just be looking forward to, like, the press conference. You know what I mean? Dana White has said, you know, uh, he denied it. He denied that they're trying to make a second fight with Mayweather. Not me. I'm not talking about that. Uh, White stated on the Jim Rome show. McGregor will be in the cage. Connor's looking to come back the end of this year, early next, um, because, you know, he's, he's been injured. And he went on to say, uh, when I do talk Connor, Connor wants to fight. Connor gets all kinds of offers for movie roles and these other things that he could do and do and make money. He doesn't want to do that. He, Connor wants to fight. When he fights, he gets paid. Fighting is what he wants to do. So he's saying, nah, dude, I'm not, I'm not for that. I'm not for that. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, it, into Boxing is also reporting. That's why I'm saying I don't know that, that Jake Paul, or I'm sorry, Tommy Fury uh, didn't get in, but I'm pretty sure they didn't get in you know, wasn't allowed access to the U.S. I don't know. We'll see, though. We'll see. Eddie Hearn also said on the MMA Hour that Taylor is not rematching Serrano because she doesn't want the fight. She says there's no amount of money that would get her in that fight this time around. I mean, in Ireland, maybe? I don't, I don't, I don't know about all that shit, to be honest with you. I, I'm kind of like, huh, really? Uh, so... So you're saying she's ducking her? I mean, I thought she won the fight. So here's another one. Oh, boy. There's like two. I think there's two YouTubers fighting July 30th at the Crypto Staples Center. Adrian Peterson and LeVon Bell, the, the battle of the running backs, are going to fight box. They're going to box or whatever you want to call it on that undercard. So that kind of tells you. I reported this earlier from Jake Donovan, unbeaten WBC 125 or 115-pound titleist. Bam. Rodriguez has extended his promotional contract with Matchroom. Both parties confirmed Monday, which uh, that's a good look for, uh, you know, Matchroom, that's for sure. Um, And then it's basically more like, boxing Twitter segment. So we'll actually go out to Portland, 503 host Sway, and let him get his two cents in here. We got to talk about Bam Rodriguez and the spectacular show of supreme talent that he put on. Get out to 503 Portland. What's going on, man? How the hell are you? Mexicanos al grito de guerra, el acero apretaba y el rigor, y el tiemble en su centro la tierra, al sonoro rugir del gallón. 
Yo, yo, hey, yo, what up, what up, Chris? Hey, yo, I'm doing good here in a, a beautiful sunny Oregon, man. It's uh, it's it's nice and uh, it looks like a nice little heat wave around here. So, but uh, how, how's everything, Chris? How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. I'm I'm really doing good. I'm feeling good, man. Weather's been great here cool, too. Cool. Nice, man. Nice to hear that over there. You and uh, the soda over there. Uh, you know, it gets freezing temperatures. You know, you get fucking icy around over there. But uh, anyways, uh, let's get into it, uh, brother. Uh, a lot of boxing. What can I say? What can I, if I could say something real quick? The anthem went to Canelo. You know, showing, you know, showing what uh, tough. I know a lot of people are like, oh, why is he so mad? Why is he so mad? Oh, uh, bro, you know, it's it's a Me- the Mexicano in him, man. He it's, it's coming out. This time it's coming out, and he's gonna get he's gonna win by KO. So, but uh, but yeah, man, let's get into it. Um, uh, this weekend, uh, Bam Bam Rodriguez the uh, the the main event, uh Rungvisai, man. This one this one was pretty cool. You know, I thought uh Sarungvisai had a uh puncher's chance going into this uh into this one. Um but man, if I could say something to dude, uh Rungvisai, bro, Rungvisai's a tough bastard, man. He came to fight and that's all I ask for uh into a fighter when uh um when they're like, you know, like you, you don't haven't heard of them or, or or about them or you know what I mean? Like if um, kind of like if, if you don't hear about them for a while, you know, like, but man, uh, like Rumbasai, man, that, that is a dog, uh, uh, definitely a, a tough, a tough, uh, grit fighter. Like, you know, come, he's going to just go forward and man, put, put, you know, put some, you know, power into you, man. And, uh, Bam, if I can say, man, Bam Rodriguez looks spectacular in this one, man. Um, his, his clean boxing, his, uh, his agility, being able, being able to like you know use a lot of movement, and uh, there was a point, and also too I could say like there was a point where I thought you know Bam, um, I was kind of like looking into it like uh, like I was wondering if his, his power was coming in because um, uh, Rumbasai was just coming, you know, he was taking them shots pretty well, man. And uh, if I could if I could say even I think you know uh, I, I know that Bam got the you know the the the, the refs or the you know the referee stoppage, but like. Um, I would like to see it continued. Like, uh, just let you know, let uh, let him, you know, uh, maybe. Uh, I, don't, I know there's no standing eight, but I don't know. He's still on his feet, man. Uh, that guy, you know, it was tough. You had to knock that guy out to put him out. Put him out. Um, but uh, but man, and uh, but Bam, uh, what's gonna say, Bam Rodriguez? You know, uh, shout out to him, Mexicano, and um, you know, he he did he did his thing. He had some he had skills. Uh, I guess you know he. Uh, I I don't really. I'm not familiar familiar with his weight class, but like. Um, I guess you know the the I, I remember seeing the Quadras fight. I remember that one, uh, and uh, you know he he looks spectacular in this one. So that's two good wins, in my opinion, man. This is a you know I would love to see next. Uh, I guess you know I hear he's going down in weight, um, but I would really like to see him go up against uh, 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 Chocolatito next, man. That's a that's a hell of a fight if that happens, man. And um, uh, that that's just uh, my hope uh, for what what could happen. Um, and uh, and also too, uh, let me uh, also uh, <laughs> I didn't get to see the co-main event, but man, shout out to Ronnie Rios. Uh, I saw the KO. Uh, I thought you know they should have let it continue. Um, you know I, he did get put down or whatever with a with a good body shot, but man, uh, yeah, I, I thought you know it, it was good. You know what I mean? Because um, I was, in all honesty, I was kind of like uh, I only saw the the ending to that, like the the twelfth round of that fight. Um, yeah, but, uh, his opponent, man, uh, he was a tough ass bastard, man. But what can I say? Like he, uh, I remember seeing, um, right at the, right at the end of the 11th, um, his, I mean, like, uh, at, uh, you know, in the corner, his trainers yelling at him from every which side, everybody, everybody, everybody getting a word. in. so, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. The, the energy, 
Um, but, you know, you got to go get it, you know, and uh, Stoby, put him away. Uh, sorry, man, uh, but, you know, it's not, it's not over for Ronnie Reels. He, he can still continue, man. It's not over. Uh, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't get shut out like lights out. So, um, um, you know, nothing to hang your head there, uh, uh, kid. You know, Ronnie, Ronnie Reels is so still good in, in my eyes. Um, and also, too, uh, I saw, uh, man, I saw the fight, uh, uh, Jessica McCaskill versus Alma Ibera. Man, this is, a, this is one hell of a fight, man. Uh, man, they really need to promote Jessica a, a lot, man. Um, man, what a, what a kid. Like, just the, the, the punch on her, man, like the, uh, the brawl. Like the, um, the, I, would, I, would call, I would call her like a slugger. Her, like, her style is a slugger. Like, going to come with you with those fucking cement hands of hers and just, you know, fucking come at you, man. Holy crap. Um, obviously, you know, she, uh, Alma couldn't get her rhythm. Um, she was getting like fucking uh, some big ass whiplashes there, uh, man. Um, but um, uh, you know it's funny, man, because I was listening, I was watching the fight, and uh, I was I was listening to music um, in the background, and uh, it was funny, like to to me, like to us in the like with without uh, what was going, listening to what was going on. I thought the um, I thought of, what's her name uh, Alma was uh, was was trying to still stay in there and you know beg her trainer to to keep her in the fight but I was like oh then you know we the, we listened to it back and I was like holy crap it's like that's so crazy like um but I guess it was the other way around where they were, uh, the trainer was pleading her to stay and um, she was she was saying like I'm trying to go home to my kids and man I don't know um, I yeah. I thought you know I, I thought you know if if that was the case like I didn't like that kind of mentality going into a fight. Um, you know, uh, you, I could, you know, it, I could, I could, I'm looking, you know, inside out, right? Um, Alma, you know, these are, these are tough fighters. I mean, um, the, you know, she knows obviously more than I do, uh, being in the ring. Um, but like, uh, just me just seeing, you know, um, I, I just don't like that mentality. Like you should have been in there, you know, knowing, you know what I mean? What kind of uh, McCaskill, what kind of fighter McCaskill is, but man, hold, but you know, shout out to her. Uh, you know, it looks good for her. Um, but like I said, uh, you know, they should definitely promote her even more, uh, keep her active. Um, you know, put her on a bunch of podcasts out there. Uh, you know, this girl, this girl's a killer, man. Um, uh, cause she, she was very entertaining as a, as a fan favorite. Um, if I could say, if I could say that. And, uh, and also too, if I could, uh, if I could recap real quick, I didn't get to be on the last past shows. Um, uh, what better be the Smith jr. Um, dude, uh, this one, bro, uh, bro, this one was a slaughtering, uh, that, the, 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 when, um, I remember seeing, uh, Smith Jr. go down in the, the first, uh, the first round right at the, like, the last moments of the, of the round, and I was like, holy crap, dude, like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe the power, like, the better, the better be his power, man, that, that, that guy is real, like, he's got that, like, thunderous, like, you know, just put you down, you know, um, crushing you, and, uh, you know, and, uh, but uh, man, um, what can I say? Like the um, also the second round, uh, Smith Jr. I was hoping Smith fucking you know got on his bicycle and you know started to box and you know use that uh, that that you know his uh, his reach advantage that he had. Um, but no, man, he he decided you know come forward and you know make a fight out of it. And uh, shout out to him. Uh, you can't the, you know, really the, do the that, you know. That's yeah. not really his game. And he, to his he, credit, though, he did land a bunch of punches early in the fight. But you could see his legs. He was having problems moving and, and even like trying to adjust his body from side to side after that that shot that he landed early, like you said in the first. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, but man, and uh, um, he. Uh, but I, that's what I was saying. You know, yelling at the TV. You know, box. You know what I mean? Like just you know, box. That's what I would want it. And uh, I know it's easier said than done. Um, 
but man, and uh, but Smith, you know, he's a dog. He's a he's a, he's a working class man, and uh, I'll always root for him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's a uh, you know he's one of us, Chris. You know what I mean? He's in there. You know, living living the the boxer's life, man. You know, having a having a what is a like a nine to five and uh, and being a, a full time boxer, man. And uh, shout out to him, man. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. Uh, uh, you know, uh, a real uh, a real man. You know what I mean? Uh, but better be better be moves on. Um, hey, uh, you know, dude, this is this is this is cool, man. I like uh, you know, better be and Bibble is what I would really like next, uh, man. After seeing um after seeing that, dude, it's it's crazy. Like, how can you not um favor Bibble just to be uh a a, uh, a king in that division? Um, after seeing that performance against Smith Jr. Uh, Bibble, obviously, you know, he got the good win against Canelo. Um, but I, you know, he he didn't demolish. Well, he did. I, well, he did demolish Canelo, like in a way. Uh, but I, it, but he didn't knock him out or hurt him or, or you know um, put him down. Um, but man, uh, I would. This this is a good fight. Uh, what I'm saying is, Bivol better be. I hope they get this fight made. Um, I know both guys are uh, with different uh, networks. Uh, hopefully, they can make it happen um, in the future. Um, so yeah, that'd be also, great. Shout out to. Yeah, man, uh, that's that's a fight I want. And also too, like I can mention me as a, as a just a, as a fight fan. If they make it pay per view, Bivol better be. If I'm paying, is uh, if if Bob Aram's listening to listening to this, Bob, that you got my money on this one. I would like it though. It would be sick if they if they made it. I'm just saying yeah, if they, but if mean, they do I, make just it. Just the timing me. wise, if you think about it, like Canelo and uh, Triple G, uh, Ruiz, Ortiz, Spence, Crawford. Like I don't think that they're gonna do that one on on pay per view. I'd buy it, but yeah. I don't see that on pay per view. Bob, the only way Bob's gonna do it is if a, it'll be on ESPN. He said that clearly. Now, you know, today Eddie did say it can be on ESPN, but he also talked about a blind, you know, bid of whoever puts up the most money. Which that's not really how it works—a blind bid. You know, it, it's not a purse mm-hmm. bid. You know what I mean? So. We'll see. We'll see if Eddie, uh, you know, because no matter what, it'll probably be his biggest, you know, some of his biggest money he get. But then again, the rematch, he's going to get more money in the uh, Canelo fight. So we'll see. We'll see if that happens, man. You know what I mean? I, I hope so, too. I really hope yeah, so. Yeah. But I don't, I don't think it, it would have to happen on ESPN. Okay. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, cause, um, that's what I would be was thinking too that like you know he kind of you know ESPN kind of you know why wouldn't it be on that network you know everybody the the promotion that they could give you know the the power behind behind them you know it's uh, they got Disney you know what I mean so uh, I thought you know that yeah that that yeah, it would have to be put that. it behind a college great. football game they could do it on mm-hmm. a college football game that would be a big rating you know so hopefully yeah. it gets done we'll see we'll definitely yeah definitely see. man hopefully and you know I mean hopefully to be honest with you on one hand. They want Bibble for Canelo, but Eddie's probably thinking, hey, you know, if Bibble somehow loses, you know, maybe he probably doesn't want Canelo to fight Bibble again, you know what I'm saying, even though he's talked about it, but and it's up to Canelo, whatever the hell he wants to do. But I'm sure he would be pissed if Canelo didn't fight Bibble again because, you know, then he can just – because there's other fights he can fight, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely, man. And I know because uh, Bibble's got options, man, you know, after that win. um I agree with you with that, man, and uh, you know, because he still has a, you know, him losing to Better Beef, you know, would look bad on a on a Canelo rematch, because you know, I, I know Canelo wants that one, man, and uh, um, uh, and and actually, I'm hoping if if Canelo could be a little bit, uh, you know, str- strategic, I would make him come down uh, to 168 pounds, man, and uh, 
Um, you know, and uh, in all honesty, have also a kind of a, a 10 pound weight clause on that mother. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, you know, because that dude, that, that dude's dangerous, bro. This as long as you don't give other fighters the shtick for doing it, then. I hear yeah. you. Hey, I, but he did I, say that he wants 175. <laughs> he did say yeah. that he wants it at 175, no excuses. But like I said, I doubt any would be mad if Better Beab went in and knocked out Bivol. You know what I mean? I'd probably be like, all right, yeah. that's not the worst thing because I want Canelo, mm-hmm. you know. I want to keep yeah, him yeah. winning. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, hell yeah, man. And uh, also uh, a big uh, shout-out to uh, Devin Haney. Uh, I know there's a while back, but Devin Haney versus Cambosos out there in uh, um, Australia, bro. Uh, he did it. He got the big win. Um, and, I, that, you know what I mean, he's uh, he's he's uh, uh, in a great position, man. I can't, you know what I mean, I can't deny him, man. Um, you know, shout-out to him, and uh, hopefully uh, something big comes out of, you know, some he surprises with something big after this, man. And, uh, but shout-out to him. He's got all the belts, uh, you know, the ring magazine and everything, so – uh, just a big shout out to him, and also too, if I could brush up uh, on the Canelo Triple G before I get out of here, man. And uh, um, Triple G Canelo, uh, uh, like I said, uh, I, I opened, uh, I always open up with the Mexican flag. It's always uh, to the Mexicanos. Uh, Canelo gets it this time, like I said, man. He he definitely like like I see it, bro. Like um, the way I see it, like this one, you know, uh, Triple G's not getting out of this one, bro. Like you know. Uh, I agree with everything that Canelo has said about him, like, during this uh, thing. Like, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't been doing anything. He's been waiting on a Canelo, uh, uh, another Canelo fight. Um, uh, you know, and, you know, he's he's out there with his little smirk. Canelo's out there serious. You know, he wants to, you know, he's, he's you know, he's saying, oh, this isn't personal to me. This is just business. You know, Canelo, uh, you know, he's, I don't know why he's so angry, whatever. But, man, he's going to show you, Canelo's going to show you a real Mexicano that, that this that weekend for uh, September, though, I would tell the fans not to miss out because we're gonna definitely get a a bone crushing fight. I think, in my opinion, man, one that that fight, no one knows. You know, I, in my opinion, no one, someone someone's going lights out that night. In my opinion, out. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and, and also too, if I could mention, like, if I could be honest, Triple G did look good, pretty good in his damn le- in his uh, last fight. So, um, uh, his first yeah, man, couple and, rounds, uh, he didn't though. He was getting he was getting hit a lot in his first couple of rounds though. Then he I, I agree with you with I agree I agree with you that Chris, but I thought he was playing some rope a dope. Um, his experience, you know, because I thought you know because in all honesty, like no one, if you really kind of uh, you know you don't spend that much gas. I, I know it's uh, I, I know I'm just talking out of my ass, but like I don't know. To me, he kind of <laughs> opened up too much like that that night. Uh, his opponent, I forgot his name, but the um, the Japanese fighter, uh, he opened. He just went. You know, right. kind of balls to the walls at the beginning, and then and then uh, Triple G was kind of to me, you know, was kind of playing rope a dope, kind of getting the feeling, and then he kind of capitalized them uh, later in in the, in the middle rounds, right? So that that was just my take on that. But um, but yeah, man, and uh, but yeah, that that's what that's just my take. Uh, uh but that, but what I'm saying is, but I, I agree with you with that, Chris. Like he did have, he, it was shaky for for him in in the beginning rounds. But yeah, man. As uh, but as far as that, man, I don't have too much to say, man. It was, you know, this uh, this weekend doesn't look too. Uh, I, I'm not too familiar with the with some of these names. Um, but it doesn't look like anything. It doesn't look like really anything till like late July, right? Like Ryan Garcia. Um, looks like um, well, Derek Chisora. Well, that's mid July, uh, but ne- next week there is some somewhat interesting stuff. Ray, Var- it's actually Maxeo versus Ray Vargas. Ray Vargas comes back. He hasn't been fighting a whole lot. He's a good fighter. Uh, Chisora, Pulev, um, 
that's next week too. But yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. the whole it's pretty light in July if you think about it. I mean, yeah. even the Garcia's Fortuna that's the 16th. That's in a few weeks, but that's not a fight yeah. that I'm like, okay. oh man, it's gonna be a great two way fight. You know what I mean? I, I think yeah. it'll be okay. I think it'll be all right for a handful of rounds mm-hmm. though, because Fortuna could punch mm-hmm. and stuff, but. Yeah, July's yeah. kind of kind of light, you know, no doubt about it. Yeah, it's such a light, run, right? you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, man. But hey, I, I'm not sneezing at this, you know what I mean? Like, I'm I'm thankful to, in all honesty, bro, I, I'm thankful to have all these fights actually there. Like, it seems like, I mean, at least it's back to back. I mean, this is actually kind of cool because, I mean, think about it. Like, when is there a fight? Uh, uh, well, this is uh, Jason Cunningham, uh, Zaloni T. Uh, TT, I'm not, you know, I'm not too familiar. I'm familiar with Jason Cunningham, but, uh, you know, these kind of names. And, I mean, at least there's a card this weekend that I could be thankful because there is never anything on, you know, this 4th of July weekend, man, and, uh, uh, you know, this coming up. So, um, but, yeah, man. And, uh, but, yeah, like I am, uh, like you said, uh, Mark uh, uh, Magsayo versus Ray Vargas, that's actually a really uh, a, a good fight. I'm looking forward to that one, too, like you said. Uh, um, so, yeah, man. And uh, But, yeah, man, I, I don't have too much to say, bro. Uh but yeah, uh, and also, what was I going to say about it? No, I guess not. But anyways, brother, uh, you know, uh, Chris, thank you, thank you for having me on. And also, too, Chris, uh, I just want to, man, I want to say, have a, a great Fourth uh, of July weekend. Uh, you know, let's light up the barbecue. Let's light up some trees. Let's get the tequila out, man. We're all, you know, uh, let's celebrate, uh, you know, our independence, brother. So, uh, but yeah, man, thank you, Chris, for having me on. Uh, shout out to the Robodope Radio and Viva Mexico, cabrones. Yes, sir. Appreciate you as always, man. No doubt about it. Got to put something in the air for the holiday season. And like he said, ESPN Plus, Breedis is fighting, uh, you know, like I said, there's just not much going on this weekend. Breedis is a good fighter. Um, You know, maybe this dude, I don't know a lot about him. I'll be totally honest. But, you know, it it seems like he's going to win it. Uh, the ESPN Plus card—that's the one that I would mention. The the Jason Cunningham and the Zolini, or Zolani—I think it's Tay Tay. That could be a good fight. Uh, Joe Joyce is fighting Christian Hammer, so there's not much there. Callum Johnson. There's names on that undercard. A lot of people um, at a different level. The Mark Chamberlain and Mark uh, Vidal. That that I've heard a lot of UK people are talking about that. Once again, this is ESPN Plus. Um, on Fight TV, Ricky Hatton and Marco Antonio Barrero, eight round exhibition. So, um, is that Fight TV straight up, or is that Fight TV pay per view? I don't know. So yeah, there's not a whole lot this weekend, but we've had basically we mentioned that Murata Golovkin fight since that fight. That was like April. Was that ninth? Since that fight, man, we have been on. A hell of a run. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. So to have a mild weekend where one, maybe one of these undercard fights can pop off uh, with boxing, you just never know. You just never know what will all of a sudden pop off and what won't. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Just a little bit of boxing Twitter segment, and then we'll get out of here. This is oh, this is probably the worst 108 fight I've seen in years. He's talking about that pro box, the one I talked about too, uh, that he's seen in years. Just dreadful to watch. These southpaw styles really are not meshing well. Tons of missing, holding, grappling, very land, 
very little land clean. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to agree. Bam Rodriguez TKO Sarungbasai fight fighter of the year. Crown him now one of the best perform best all around performance I've witnessed in recent years. I mean Quatros and Sarungbasai. You know that does put him right in. Now are there bigger wins? Yeah, there are. I mean, we've seen some, you know, I mean, Jermel, Jermel Charlo just got an undisputed win. Haney just got it. You know, so there's bigger wins per se, but to have both of them by, and it's not July yet, to have those two, if he were to get another big fight, that'd be damn interesting, man. He could, well, he's going to be a candidate for fight of the year, hands down, obviously. Um, But there might be bigger fights that, you know, if Spence Crawford happens, the winner of that will probably be fight of the year. You know, that just happens like that. Um, this is rolled. Stop worrying about where guys go on pound-for-pound lists. There is a bunch of guys doing compelling things with compelling opponents. Boxing is contested in divisions, and a lot of the divisions are hot. Real fights are more compelling. It's so true. And that's what I've always said about the top 10 pound-for-pound. Pound. There's usually like 13, 15 shit. Maybe even 17 guys that you're like, you can make a case, you know. Um, this is from Adam. Here's an unreported story. How did Matchroom wind up with Bam when he was fighting in Golden Boys in Top Rank's backyard, San Antonio? Another American fighter, by the way, to add to the list of the young and up-and-comers on the American side. They both uh, have deep connections with Robert Garcia. Seems like a big miss for both. And that's why you got to give Eddie Hearn uh, some credit there. Not just that, but he re-upped with them too. Um, so yeah, this is uh, that's pretty big. That's pretty big. Um, what else we got? Oh, this is actually uh, well. Hold on. Where is it? Oh well, now okay. Well, someone sent me this tweet from Mark Ortega. Eddie Hearn. Okay, so. Last week I said, I, I, you know, Eddie, this came out of Eddie Hearn's mouth. He said that Canelo and Triple G in the trilogy will do ten times the business as Spence Crawford, which is bullshit. I mean, think about it, dude. I mean, the last one four years ago, mind you, did 1.1 million. So that means right around 100 or 200,000, that's what Spence and Crawford will do, 100,000. And I know he changed it. This guy's trying to say, well, actually – he said, he said it today. You're wrong. He said four or five. Well, he said ten originally. He said ten originally. Now he's saying four or five. Four or five doesn't work either. Look at I'm giving that a million buys. The last one did 1.1, okay? So I didn't expect it to do 1.5 out of nowhere. The first one did 1.3. Second one did 1.1. Think about that. I mean, the gate did... I think the second one did 23. I think the first one did 27. That's a massive gate. That's massive. So let's just say, let's just give them a $20 million gate. It'll probably, it, you know, it should be maybe a little more. We'll see. But let's just give them a $20 million gate. That means if it's four or five, let's give them four. Let's say four. He said four or five times bigger. We know on the pay-per-view that doesn't work because if he does $1 million, that would mean, you know, Spence has never done. He's always gone above 200000 He's never had that 200000 below. And this would be with Crawford. 
who has gotten a, a, a good push on ESPN if you look at his ratings. He just not an A side, but when you got when you face an A side, you know. But my point with the gate is he just did a five million dollar gate with Ugas. Now Ugas was coming off a, a solid win over Pacquiao, no doubt. But still, five million. If you times that by four, that's twenty million. You see where I'm talking about? Like he's gonna do, the gate's gonna do more than five million. It just is. Now, is Vegas going to pay more for that fight than they will Spencer Crawford? Yeah, for sure. I think it'll do better at the gate. Yeah, double at the gate or whatever, maybe triple. But to say it's going to do four or five times more, that would, like I said, I'm saying let's just give Spence, let's lowball and say it's 500000 okay? Times that by four, that's $2 million. That fight's not going to do $2 million. Why in the world would it do better four years later? That's all I'm saying. I, I wasn't lying, this person, you know, trying to call me out. He said four or five. You're lying. He just said that today, four or five. Before, he was saying ten. Check the records. Okay, so here is a, a Connor, Connor McGregor fan. Floyd will get sparked out this time. All that slick shit won't work this time because father time waits for no man. Connor by KO. Well, first of all, Connor hasn't been the most active guy since that fight, if you know that. Um, but the slick shit, when you say slick shit with Mayweather, normally I understand what he's saying. But think about what you just said, dude. Slick shit? I mean, Mayweather came to basically, attack, was in attack mode. He was walking down McGregor in the fight with his high guard. I mean, I thought McGregor, one of his funniest lines was, I turned Mayweather into a Mexican fighter, a come-forth fighter. I thought that was funny as hell. You know, the first couple rounds, what did he throw, like 10, 10 punches per round or something? Some kind of crazy shit. He wasn't out-slicking McGregor in that fight. But, yeah, anyway, um, we'll, we'll save some of these uh, because it is getting a little light. So, anyway, like I said, not a busy weekend. But, hey, is there really that much to complain about? I mean, go, if, if, if you haven't, go catch up with some of these fights since, since April 9th. I mean, this shit has been so much fun. And, by the way, June, July, and August, we don't have a pay-per-view. Now, unless they do the Joshua, we talked about that earlier, the Joshua. It hasn't been announced as a pay-per-view here. Clearly, it's going to be a pay-per-view, you know, in the U.K., but as long as that's not a pay-per-view here, that'll give us the whole summer, June, July, August, without a pay-per-view, which, you know, being that there's already three, well, two scheduled pay-per-views, and you assume, well, Spencer Crawford will be a pay-per-view, if they can make that happen. Anyway, let's just enjoy this summer. Like I said, hopefully some of these undercard fights pop off. Enjoy your week. Like I said, I'll try. I'm going to be trying to do, although life gets in the way. I don't mean to promise you guys something, and it changes. But you know how it how it goes. But um, I'm going to be trying to do more Monday shows uh, for the summer because I, I'm now just down to one podcast for the next couple months. No football, no basketball. There's one basketball free agency stuff, but that's about it. Anyway, I'm blabbing. I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fight. See you next week. Peace. Once you become the world champion, I believe that you see.